racing coming up here on That's What G Said podcast. So much content this week, and this is going to be an all uh, racing episode of That's What G Said, presented by Better Than Vegas at BTV Bet. So, on this episode, we are going to talk Friday Santa Anita best bets. We're going to talk Friday Sam Houston full card. Then we're going to go to Gulfstream for Saturday. I did a live video stream earlier today with Matt DeSantis, and we used uh, the past performances from DRF, Daily Racing Forum. So if you want to see the visual, you can go to social media and check out the video. And we spent about an hour going through the entire card at Gulfstream. We talked about horses that we like. We talked about how to build your stable dual lineup. So if it sounds a little bit different, the audio is fine, but it just is. We just recorded it as a video, and I uh, and we played that. And um, so I'm going to take the audio from that. So we'll help you out with your full card look at Gulfstream for Saturday. <clears throat> then when we get into Oaklawn for Saturday from DRF, it's Mary Rampolini. She's going to help out with the three big stakes races at Oaklawn Park. We talk about races 9, 10, and 12, and the Philly favored in the Arkansas Derby. Then I'll get into Santa Anita best bets for Saturday and Sam Houston full card look for Saturday there's only one more week left uh, after this for Sam Houston. I'm, I'm always getting sad and nostalgic when that happens. As a, I love love playing those races over at Sammy Houston. So all racing on this episode of That's What G Said. That's presented by Better Than Dot Vegas at BTV Bets. Give them a follow on Twitter there and check out that live stream schedule. I know a lot of you are horse racing fans, thoroughbred fans, but if you're a fan of the standard bread action, every Monday, every Thursday, we have a Pick 5 preview show, Mohawk Mania, where we take a look at the early pick 5 from Woodbine Mohawk. It's a $100,000 guaranteed pool, and you can play for a 20-cent-based wager. And We preview that thing at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday, every Thursday. Mohawk Mania over at Better Than Vegas. Give them a follow at BTV Bets. All of the videos, all of the streams, all of the previews, everything that we do over there, it's free. So if you're ever going to play a sport or a game or a race... Throw it on in the background, hear what we have to say, and maybe we lead you in the right direction. Well, uh, we're going to get into the racing right now. We've got Friday and Saturday racing all over the place. A couple different guests to help us out. Let's jump in to the action. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse 
and you get those same DRF pass performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays, if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic pass performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF pass performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com better you want to spread your pony knowledge by Download the Stable Duel app and play today. A massive weekend coming up with Stable Duel. We're actually going to be uh, going into the entire card for the Saturday Golfstream big game with Matt DeSantis. Matt joins me in just a little bit. So lots of Stable Duel focus as uh, Friday. There are big Stable Duel games at Golfstream Park. You've got five tracks, eight contests. Golfstream, Tampa, Laurel, Santa Anita, Sam Houston. Free game at Tampa. Games ranging from 3 bucks all the way up to 250 on Friday. Then on Saturday, the big Florida Derby game. It's 60 bucks to enter with 40000 in cash prizes. Five tracks, six contests. Games ranging from 2 bucks all the way up to 200 Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Sam Houston, Hawthorne, Tampa. Big one at Gulfstream Park. Then on Sunday, you've got Gulfstream, Laurel, Santa Anita, Hawthorne, and Golden Gate. Five tracks. Seven contests, games ranging from two bucks all the way up to a hundred dollar entry fees for the bigger players. There, that is this weekend with Stable Duel. Let's head on over to San Anita for Friday and let's uh, take a look at uh, a couple of the races at San Anita for Friday. I am going to begin. Where do we want to go for San Anita for Friday? Let's uh, we're looking at May the 1st and let's go to race number three for. Santa Anita on Friday. Uh, we've got claiming $32,000 claimers here. Six furlongs on the turf course. I thought the three Solardi should end up getting a really nice trip. There's not that much speed in here. I think Solardi will be forwardly placed. You've got Love My Jimmy, who's kind of quick. You've got 
Vrosky, uh, who's kind of quick. I think Solardi can maybe track in right behind them, be in that t- top group, sitting either second or third. Was behind Barriston, the bold, who really sharp came out of that race to win. Barraza, a couple starts back, came out of that that race to win. So we'll look, we'll look to the number three, Solardi, in race number three at Santa Anita on Friday. Moving along to race number four. I thought the two, Hard Diane, should get a great trip. Looks like this race has a good amount of speed. And Hard Diane should get the pace to chase with the two outside runners really quick. Starship uh, Diplomacy and Admiral Oshback, they both want to go. And they're both stretching out from sprint races where they've actually shown sprint speed. So I have to imagine they're both going to be on the front end or close to it. Let's play the two. Hard Diane sitting a trip. Anything around five to two makes sense there. Moving along at Santa Anita on the Friday card there as we get uh, a little later in the card. Let's get to race number seven. The two vivacious Vanessa was really, really good in her debut. And then they took a shot on the dirt. And since then, she's been defeated twice, but she's lost in races behind some really nice horses. She was last going into the turn. She was in the three path in a small field. She moved early and she just finished second behind a nice horse named Big Novel. Vivacious Vanessa, third start of the form cycle. She's going to be tough, and I'll use her as a late exotic single in the seventh. In the eighth race, the number one all dialed in is probably going to be pretty tough in here. Not the biggest price in the world, but another one that I may uh, key around some late exotics. That is Friday over at Santa Anita. Let's head from Friday Santa Anita to Friday Sam Houston. Friday, April 1st. Oh, no, April Fool's Day. I didn't even think about that. Uh, be prepared. Be prepared, folks. Sam Houston, Friday night. We got Maiden 75 claimers that open things up. Five and a half furlongs, the distance. I like the one, or excuse me, the one I have in the second spot, Striking Oil, but I like the three, Bold Escaper. Most cutting back, third off the bench, should be tracking pretty nicely in here. Has a little bit of tactical speed, and so a little more punch on the cutback. The number three, Bold Escaper. Three, one, seven. That's how I have them stacked. The one, first time gelding, showed some speed from the inside, but we haven't seen this one since August. Then on the outside, you've got Mad Gold, who at least has a couple races under his belt as of late, and he's the measuring stick for this field. Three, one, seven in the opener at Sam Houston. Race number two, we've got 5,000 claimers who have not won two races since October the 1st. They're going to go a mile on the main track here. The number one, Raisin Carter, is going to stretch out from a sprint. And to me, he looks like the one that they'll all have to catch in here. About the seven and the to the outside and the six were both uh, obviously super logical horses. The, uh, the seven run Tappy coming off that recent win, as is the six Promising Shoes, was a winner first time in the Broberg Barn. 176 is how I stacked them. You want to go a little deeper. There's obviously no knocks really on the two Millwood or the three, even 15 Love Black, third start off the bench. They both come out of that same race on March the 4th. I guess I just wasn't quite as high on them in that spot um, as I was uh, a couple of the other races. So 176 with two and three a little more underneath. Moving to the third race, 5,000 beaten claimers. Uh, Four-year-olds and up, which have not won a race since October the 1st, or which have never won four. They'll go five and a half on the dirt here. I like the, I like the six Irish expectations. Third start off the bench. Look at who he's faced as of late. Mr. Moneybags, Singapore Flash, and Gold Pilot. Can I Bob, Sunlit Song, some of the absolute best Texas bred runners. Irish Expectations is getting some major class relief here. Yes, this is an open race, but those are really, really nice horses and some of the top tiers of Texas breds. 
And uh, I'm going to use the six along with the seven in here, creative letters, who on the on the drop back down in class, I think makes a lot of sense uh, coming back to the dirt. Six, seven in the third. Moving along to race number four, we've got Texas Bread Maiden Special Weights. These are three-year-olds going six and a half furlongs. I thought the four tap its cash with that speed coming out of some productive races. I like the take a limo legally lethal race. Legally lethal came out of that one to win. Two starts back uh, in the debut. Klimko is a nice one, and Scorekeeper has come out of that race to win. So I'll use the four everywhere. I I want there to be a little more from the five. I'll probably throw Valdina Dreams in again. I've used this guy twice now so far, and if he's in a nice price, I'll throw him in one more time. Iberian Runner feels like the horse to beat. You know, you see Grammy's boy defeated Iberian Runner. Grammy's boy was also in both of those races from uh, Valdina that Valdina Dreams was in. So we'll we'll use four five nine. In the fourth race in a lot of the uh, the rolling exotics Moving to the fifth From Sam Houston We'll go back to the dirt Six and a half furlongs on the main track The number six have a plan I think if you toss the turf race last time out And play off the two starts back First level allowance race Well have a plan fits pretty well and, and makes a lot of sense in here The number six have a plan The seven available star Is one who you know, you just never know when you're claiming off of Broberg. I would use that one more underneath. I have the two in the second spot. Six, two, one electoral off of back-to-back wins. Not Nothing really to have to sell you on there. And then the four, Sir Smack, another one of the short prices. So I'll, I'll kind of play the six on top of a lot of the logicals. Let's move along to race number six. Start of your late pick four here at Sam Houston on Friday night, April the 1st. They'll go a mile on the turf course. There isn't very much speed in here. I think you need to use the three Spurl with the blinkers on. They're going to send hard with Luzzy jumping aboard, an excellent speed rider. The eight Ronich will also be on a lot of my tickets. I was really impressed with this turf win. Both of his turf races are good. So three, eight everywhere for me. I'll include the 13 in some spots too. Dude Perfecta. His, he's just his own worst enemy. He's a really, really slow starter, what our friend Emily Gullickson notes as a slog, slow out of the gate. He, if he breaks well and, and is able to stay with the field and not have to, you know, spot the field a ton of uh, ground, he can win. And one of these days he will. Just make sure he's a price. Seventh race, start of your late pick three. You've got five thousand non-winners of three, six furlongs on the main track. I'm going to the outside. Kingston's Gold. They took a shot against Better off the claim, and kind of in between horses down on the inside. Not the smoothest of trips. Now you drop back down. You should get a lot. Different trip than this horse got down towards the inside. The eight Kingston's gold will include, along with the five, Secret Blarney, who's the one to beat first off the claim for Scott Young, and Delirium. If you toss the last and you key off the two back race in early March, now you drop back down to that level. Delirium fits eight, five, six in race number six. As we move along to, or excuse me, in, in race number seven, we move along. To the 8th race, $15,000 claimers Five furlongs on the turf course here I'm going to go towards the outside with the number 7 I'm looking at uh, Ignis Who should be able to be one of a few That's kind of, I think, sitting in a good spot And closing late well, Look up and down this field You've got you know, some speed from Summer Sangria Swanky's not really a closer They're going to want to send from the inside Miss Aggie Bling wants to go Presley wants to be close up my golden bling, you know, they can sit a little bit and press. And then you've got 
Cobra Casablanca to the outside, who's really quick. I think Ignis gets a great trip. You're going to have some concerns, though, anytime a horse is claimed off of Asmussen. But we'll use the seven all over. The three, Summer Sangria, will include everywhere. The eight will also include in all exotics. I'm a little bit worried about the four, Miss Aggie Bling, in here, because I think just being in between other speeds, she won't get the type of trip she needs. The two, Miss Anna, could be flying late on the turn back, and she could get some pace to run at him here. Seven, three, eight, two, and then whatever you want to do with my golden bling, the six is another one who I wouldn't really talk you off at a big price underneath. Let's finish up the Friday card at Sam Houston. Texas bred 15,000 non-two claimers, five and a half furlongs on the dirt. I'll go to the nine to the outside there. That is Manny Surprise this horse is quick and has good races. The sitting race back in February, early February on the dirt going five and a half furlongs. That's the exact kind of trip I'm looking for. The number nine, Manny Surprise will use with the three Ghost Art and the two Oh Snap in all exotics. That's Friday night over at Sam Houston. Before we move along and start talking some Saturday racing, we want to talk a little bit about Sarah Candles. So you want to set the mood, you're looking for something all natural, soy wax, non-toxic baby, scents for every season, now don't be afraid baby, just spell it out. C-E-R-A-N-O-S.com And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off, mmm, mmm. Let's move on over to Saturday and we're going to talk Gulfstream Park. So I mentioned before, I recorded a video stream with Matt. So if it sounds a little bit different, it's because we showed the video, but we still go through each race. We talk about a lot of the horses that we use. We have a lot of the uh, handicapping angles. But if you're curious and you want to see some of the things that we're talking about, you can actually go to my Twitter. It's me, Gino B, and you can pull up the video and check out the entire race by race. We actually use the DRF past performances there. Right now, Matt DeSantis joins me for a dive into Saturday Gulfstream Park. We talk a lot about Stable Duel and how to build your lineups there. Enjoy the conversation with Matt. Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Big money up for grabs this weekend. Uh, we had to go a day early because we have so much to talk about. Maddie, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited for this weekend. Excited for the derby preps and excited for a big money day at Stable Duel. Yeah, look at uh, what we've got going on this weekend. Normally, we do our show Friday mornings with our buddy Barry. Shout out to the Sniper, one of the uh, the real good guys out there. But this week, um, you guys helped me, or you helped me out in particular, because I'm heading to Dallas for a bachelor party this weekend. So, yep. and because I think a lot of people are going to be really focusing in on this particular Saturday Florida Derby card and contest. We knew what, what the races are out. We know these. The, we got the morning lines now, so we could dive in to uh, – 
to build our lineups a little bit tonight. It just made sense going a little bit early. Yep. And man, we got 14 races on the card Wild. for Saturday. Look at all these different options we have for contests this weekend. Friday at Stable Duel, you've got Gulfstream, Tampa. There's a free ride, Laurel, Santa Anita, and Sam Houston. And it, you better all out there be on your game in those free rides because Matt's family is going to take you down <laughs> if you're not. Certainly Father, my sister is going to take you yeah, yeah, we got yeah, the like, DeSantis family is, we're spread, man. We got, yeah. we got this covered. <laughs> Seeing the ball well right now, everyone over there is. And, uh, and then on Saturday, I know I'm going to put in a couple different uh, entries in the Florida Derby game. This is a $40,000 prize pool at Gulfstream Park. Many of you out there are already going to be handicapping these races. And if you aren't, we're going to handicap them right now with you. We're going to go through the 14 races. We're going to sort of talk about, Hey, these are horses in each race that I might use in my stable dual lineups. And yep. so when we go through very rarely do Matt and I talk about a lot of chalk. Now we're going to go through every race. So this, this time it'll be a little different. There'll be some races where we'll sure. say, yeah, maybe you might spend up here. Maybe this is a, a chalk that I wouldn't mind spending, but there's a lot of money up for grabs this weekend and actually a new track jumping in the, the party. Uh, hey, Oh, Hawthorne. Yep. And, and the great part is if you go to stableduel.com, they actually have a blog up on the website that explains a little bit about Hawthorne. You know, if you don't know much awesome. about the, the, the track, it tells you a little bit about the trainers, the jockeys there. It tells you a little bit about kind of the, the you know, just the, uh, it gives you a little bit of a better feel for what Hawthorne's all about. So you can learn a little bit about it. People like my dad who really just pay attention to the coast most of the time, you know, he knows about Naira, he knows about, you know, the, the California track, but might not know about a lot of tracks in the middle of the country. One of his pleasant surprises this year was Sam Houston. He loves playing Sam Houston now. And I think he's going to really love playing Hawthorne too. Here's that blog that you were talking about. All the important stuff that you need is uh, is at the home base, is the command center, stableduel.com, where you, you can find everything out there if you're ever looking for the the schedule. What they have going on right now, too, um, and this continues on through tomorrow. So anyone that's yep. watching right now, the entries are out. You can start to you know even do a little handicapping if you want. Stable Duel just wants this game to get be a big game. The more people that get involved, the more money we're playing for, Matt. So if this thing keeps growing, there's going to be more money that all of us are, are shooting for. They are actually going to be giving away money to a couple people that are the most social. So they will give away 500 bucks, a popularity prize to the most engaging social account to promote the game. Half of the prize is determined by who gets the highest combo of likes, shares, and comments. And then the other half is on creativity and quality of content, which I think is really cool, right? Because yeah. some people don't have big accounts or they don't have a ton of followers, but they can do some really, really good stuff out there. So they want, you know, they want to make sure that all of you get rewarded. This is cool. This is interactive stuff that we really like. Stable Duel, always thinking outside the box just to try to get, um, you know, when I was on TVG, my tagline for a while was the most in a socially interactive show in all of horse racing. I just loved going back and forth with the people. And that's one thing that stable duel is really all about. Absolutely. And, and I've seen a bunch of people get creative. I've seen people, you know, hype the, the contest and also, you know, put a little poll on their, uh, you know, in their, uh, tweet, you know, where it's like, who's the greatest Florida Derby champion ever, you know, or what's the, you know, who do you have mm -hmm. coming out? You know, so it's a great way of, you know, people are being creative about how you interact with each other. And uh, it's, a, it's been a lot of fun to see that. And uh, it's great that Stable Duel is really giving back to the fans. I mean, we're, we love talking about it. 
and we love promoting it. I love promoting it because it's a really fun way to get in the game without having to worry about, you know, I work a nine to five job. It's hard for me to sit there and go, okay, I got to make sure I put my bets in on this All race, day my bets long. in on that race. Oh, well, I can't do that. Yep. Well, what I can do is set in a, set up my stable at 8 a.m. Yep. And I'm done with it. And then yep. that's something and you can look I, you know, back later, see what happened, checked out, yeah. check in a couple times throughout the day, see where you exactly. stack up on the standings there. And it, you know, there are days where you're like, dang, you know, maybe it's a flip, a flip side, right? Where it's like, ah, you know, I don't have a ton happening today, but like, yeah. and maybe I'm in between paychecks or like there's, I don't have that much money where I can play. Stable Duel always has free games or you yes. might have five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks sitting on your Stable Duel account. And then boom, you're in a contest, you're playing all day or heck you deposit the next, you get a day or so to buy yourself some time. You, you're good to go. You put your, you, you know, you get your contest in. It's just a fun way to be able to get some action all the time. We're going to get some big action this weekend with this massive game that we're uh, we're going to be diving into. Um, normally, you see me wearing my stable dual swag and shirts, but it's WrestleMania week, Matt. Oh, so I got to got to get the, the macho, macho man. Oh, yes, yeah. up into the top of them. Everyone's got a macho man impersonation too, right? Like everyone wants to do the oh, little bit yeah. like Christopher Walken, a little bit. It yeah, is, everybody's right? got an impersonation. And and listen, you talk about WrestleMania, maybe the one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, WrestleMania Look three. At, yeah, Ricky absolutely. the Dragon, Steamboat, Randy Macho Man, Savage. Yeah, uh, uh, a a a, not to dive too deeply into wrestling, but a, a match that was ahead of its time. And those way. two scripting out every single move of that uh, match in a way that this was not done back in the early 80s. We're going to dive into, Matt, We, you and I are going to have like a... I know, we're going to do a yeah, we're gonna do pod. You're right, yeah. that was like on the <laughs> top five. Even now, it holds up so well to this yeah. day. The pace, the movement, it was like art. You're watching it. Those two it are such good workers. It's out of incredible yeah. and a little bit nuts too. That's what's great. Like the the, the best of us are all a little crazy. That's, the, that's what Macho <laughs> Man was, you know? Macho was um, a lot crazy. <laughs> all of you would be crazy not to take advantage of this uh, formulator exclusive with DRF bets right now. You still have a couple weeks to do so through April 15th. You deposit 250 bucks into your DRF bets account, sign up for a new account. They will match that bonus and give you a $10 free bet plus 10 free formulator cards. And we are going to dive into the formulator cards that I speak of now. Matt, race number one, we kick off at Gulfstream Park. Everyone that wants to follow along, we're looking at April 2nd. And we're jumping in race number one. We've got 10 claimers going a mile and 70 on the synthetic. Now, what's nice about this 14 race card is that you're not forced into playing every race. You really right. can, you know, with 14 races, you can pick 10 different races. You can maybe pick a race or two and double up if you'd like, but you do not have to. There is going to be at least a couple races where you're like, eh, you know what? Don't feel forced in there. Wait, yeah. wait till a race where you feel more confident. Absolutely. No. And, and that's something I did for uh, Pegasus Day. I did it for Fountain of Youth as well, where, yeah, I just sat there and I said, listen, I don't feel great about the early card. I don't feel great about the undercard that much. I really spent a lot of time handicapping the stakes and graded stakes races. So I'm just going to focus on those, you know, seven or eight races and I'm going to double up in a couple spots and do that. Now, in for race number one, I actually do like a play here. Um, nice. And so I actually like the number four benefactor. Uh, this is a horse that is going off a 12 to one. It's only going to cost you 700 and fifty dollars at Stable Duel, and this is a prime example of a horse for a surface. Uh, if you look at the past performances of Benefactor, when this horse runs on the synthetic at Gulfstream recently, good things tend to happen. Uh, you know, stepped up to that starter allowance in December twenty sixth, and and kind of you know that was maybe a little out of its depth. But you look at the other two uh, ten thousand claimers. 
you know, you have, uh, you know, an 83 speed figure and a 76 speed figure for those two. So I just think, like I said, benefactors are really good value. And here's the other thing is you and I talk about it a lot, going back and looking at previous matchups against yep. other horses. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at benefactors past performance, well, the last time he was on the synthetic on December 4th, he beat Farley. Well, wait a second. Farley's in this race and he's at five to one. Yep. So I very much so like benefactor in this spot. I just think, you know, now that you're on the synth, uh, I think at 12 to one for $750, this is a nice horse that can get you, uh, get you some, some nice positive points and start the day off. Right. Yeah. The, I didn't, this is race of what I probably would skip if I'm building my lineup around the one that I would, if I have enough money for long beach kid, I'm okay yeah. with long beach kid. Who's just really logical and super sure. obvious in here at a horse who's been good on the synthetic top notch connections. Um, size jumps aboard. So this would be the one that I lean to, but yeah, if I'm building my lineup now and I need a little help in race number one, benefactor makes a ton of sense as uh, as Matt has sniffed out. Like, just look at the races; they've they've come back productive. This is a horse who's done well when performing against other opponents in this race, and it will not even cost you a thousand dollars now. And keep in mind, when you're building your stable dual lineups, we're talking about a fifty thousand dollar salary cap. That's what you're yeah. basing it off. You have to fill your lineup with ten different horses, so you're at a five thousand dollar average. That's what you're looking for. So now if you're in playing the lineup, like what matches did and you in race number one, if you're using a horse, that's only 750 bucks. Well, now you're in excellent shape. As far as your average is concerned, you can spend up in one race and be, you know, in perfect. You can, yeah. You can spend $9,000 on a two to one horse and you're you not even, to. yeah. And you're not, yeah, you're barely, you know, you're, you're not even at the $5,000 average. So, yep. uh, and that's an important thing to remember. Cause I think, Big days like Florida Derby, Fountain of Youth, Holy Bull, Pegasus, you know, Gulfstream gets the reputation of being chalk stream, yep. uh, that it can be a little chalky, particularly mm -hmm. on dirt in the big races. So, you know, there, there are some spots, and we'll talk about a couple of horses, I'm sure, later, where maybe you can go cheap in those big races. But it's also sometimes foolish to go against the favorites, and especially on dirt at Gulfstream in those big spots. Like, the winner is going to come out of one of those top two or three in a lot of cases. So you're going to have to spend... $7,500, $8,000, dollars to get the winner in those. So you're going to have to save up somewhere. And I think this is, you know, a lot of times I like going to the synth there, you know, you, all three of us, you know, with Barry included, like to try to identify these claiming races as places where you can usually go cheap and get a good value. The next, see, once uh, the first two races go, I will probably be in one of the dead last positions <laughs> because I don't, I don't really like anybody. This is a race to me, big field, turf sprint yep nobody that i really love this is like a no thanks kind of race that i, I don't really want to spend up on anyone i'm not very confident on anyone in here so yeah. i don't really have a strong opinion i probably won't be using anyone in the first two do you like anything in race number two I, nothing at a value i mean i think richie's yeah. a really good horse uh the three that's at the three problem. to one yep. and and that's yeah i think that eight that i mean if you're gonna spend up on a horse in this race then i you know i think it's makes sense um but it's a possibility that he runs second and then you're sitting there spending eight thousand dollars on a second place horse and that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth but i mean certainly a horse that i think acquitted itself very well last time out at that grade three uh gulfstream park turf sprint so uh you know this is kind of a step down in class but i think he's logical there but again you don't want to start spending up too much money early in the card and then get to the late end and not have anything left yeah and i do have a couple late that i know 
in you know doing my handicapping and how I'm going to build my lineup that I won't have to spend up a whole lot on. But that wasn't the race that I would like to spend. Like I don't. We moved to the third. I yep. wouldn't mind spending up in this race with okay. with a couple of the different options in here. It's a mile and a half race with the orchid, and you know I think a lot of people will look towards the two Heracuja, who's mm-hmm. nine to five. Um, folks will also look towards the six beautiful lover who's three to one and the seven family way who's two to one I actually like beautiful lover the most of them I agree. Um, I and agree. and so of those three in a small field where you don't have to spend up as much as a couple of the others but i think beautiful lover has just as maybe an equal chance of winning along with the other two she's going to be forwardly placed she can sit a little bit if need be i, I think she's better when she's actually not on the lead like she got kind of caught up last time out and mm-hmm. ended up battling a little bit she'll have mm-hmm. a target Strong finisher Joel aboard. So yeah, I'm okay. Three to one. That's seven thousand dollars in stable duel. So it's a little bit above your average, but it's not a big field. I think there are probably three horses that feel like they're kind of on a tier above everyone else. So I feel pretty confident about spending up in this spot. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I like Beautiful Lover the most out of those three as well. I, I do think uh, I might, depending on how I decide to layer, and that's the thing, it's like you, you can layer these entries yeah. in, in so many different ways. Especially do, with a 14 race card. Absolutely. I do think the three Scarabee is an interesting play nice. cool. at eight to one for $3,000. You have Jose Ortiz aboard, which is always... And before it was not seriously. far out and, and not uh, in a bad race. It was a half length that, behind Beautiful That's Lover. the thing is if you look, I mean, this horse last time out, grade three was a half a length and right behind Beautiful Lover. Never and, been disgraced, uh, ever. No, this horse always turns into game performance. And so that's would have, something They would where, have always, in every race they've run, they would have picked up stable little points for you. Absolutely. And so for now for 3000, you probably want this horse to finish around no worse than third. But how many times, I mean, it's rare that the top three horses all fire and finish one, two, three. Yep. So I, I kind of wouldn't mind playing Scarabia. No problem with this horse. One of those two is probably, you know, two of those three are may run well. One of them may not. I think Scarabia, like you said, never is disgraced. Makes sense. This horse would be, I would much prefer Scarabia than the other two spending up on. Yeah. I, do I, think I agree. This, I think this is the final race for Beautiful Lover. If I, if I was reading oh, that right, okay. so I think it's always one of those cool things on the send off. There it is. Um, it is Beautiful Lover at three to one will uh, be one of those three shorter price horses. Matt found you one Scarabia who will only cost you three thousand and makes a ton of sense. Nine races, every one of these races, this horse has picked up a check and would have picked up some stable dual points for you. It was only a half length behind Beautiful Lover back on January the 29th There. So the grade three orchid goes as race number three. Let's move back to the synthetic on this 14 race card. And we should, you know, as you say that, we should point out there's going to be thunderstorms in in South Florida. We may be spending more time on the synthetic. Yeah, we may be spending a lot of time on the synthetic. I mean, that's something when you're handicapping, you got to take into consideration uh, how these horses make, you know, deal on a different surface if the turf races get taken off, which I have a feeling uh, certainly the early ones probably will. And they, they, I'm sure they're going to try everything they can to make sure the late ones stay on, but it's going to be tough. Okay, Matt, uh, where do you want to head in race number four? Uh, you know, I, I, I just want to give a quick shout out. I know Barry's picked this horse before the number one allegorical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I hate the inside post draw for this horse, yeah. uh, but I, it's a nice horse, but I just don't like the inside post draw. Um, I actually am going to go to the other Cassie runner, the eight horse hall of dreams uh, at five to one. Uh, I think this is a horse again. You have Jose Ortiz aboard. I mean, he's somebody I just trust a lot at the Gulfstream Park uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, usually it's just the results. This horse reminds me a lot of the horse that I picked a few times ago, 
that ran against Alec Oracle, which is also a Cassie runner, Sir for sure, yep. uh, who was a horse that had a couple of really nice efforts up at Woodbine and then came down to Gulfstream and, and broke her uh, maiden. And I just think that Hall of Dreams kind of fits that same MO, has run really nicely up at Woodbine. You saw progression from the synthetic experience. Yep, the synthetic experience. Uh, it has a, had a little time off, has been training nicely down here in South Florida. Uh, and uh, like I said, for five thousand or for six thousand dollars at five to one, I, I like this horse in this spot. I think this is a, a valuable horse to play. The outside post position, uh, I don't mind. Uh, and you know, has been running in you know, comparable, if not slightly higher maiden special weights. Yeah. ran into a horse named golden glider who came out of that, what, who won the race and then went over to Tampa, won a first level allowance at Tampa and then took a shot in the Sam F Davis and didn't run all that badly in the Tampa Bay Derby was only beaten yeah. a couple lengths and went finishing fourth there behind classic causeway. So I actually, I have the eight picked on top here. Oh, so okay. in, in uh, I also have all of dreams in stable dual lineups. There are two horses that I'm interested in. And so, like I said, I'm going to play multiple lineups. So I'll probably have hall of dreams in one of them. Um, I thought Braille right next door yeah. was just a little bit interesting. This is a horse whose debut was not bad. You know, Suge is not necessarily one that cranks them up to win their debuts. Ne- anyways, right. now you're going to add the blinks. Yep. You're going to get Lasix for the first time. You're going to be making your three-year-old debut naturally showed a little bit of tactical speed. You got a horse who, who got to work on the uh, Gulfstream synthetic recently, just a little, uh, you know, roundabout just to get a feel for it and has been over the Gulfstream synthetic a few times now, you know, 750 won't cost you yeah. a whole heck of a lot in a race. That's pretty contentious. You know, hall of dreams makes sense. You talked about the one allegorical. I wouldn't have a problem. The two may, I maybe wouldn't want to spend up, but obviously this horse fits. You know, yeah, this, this Pletcher yeah. horse like makes sense. Wouldn't sure. was beaten favorite, burned a little bit of money. Even the three, whose figure might be a little bit low, but what was wrong with the synthetic debut? Right, at yeah. forty to one, you know, yeah. it, and then ran on the turf and just maybe didn't want to go on the grass and maybe was a little bit longer than what they would have liked. And if you're hard up in this race and you don't have a ton, you could do worse than Refua, who absolutely has a decent second and at twenty to one is not going to make a dent in your stable dual lineup at all. So I think this is one of those fun races where the, you know, at least any of the horses that we mentioned Braille hall of dreams. I like from a betting standpoint, um, I'm sure people will make cases for Bandemir, but I think I'm not really as high on that one. I, I stacked them seven and eight towards the, the top tier. Yeah. Yep. Race four on the synthetic mat. Let's head to a stakes race in the fifth. We go to the turf and we go to the Cutler Bay $100,000 stakes. Well, where do you want to head here? I like the six. I'm all over the six at 20 to one. Uh, and so this is a horse that will cost you almost nothing. Uh, $250. This horse is getting blinkers on, which I very much so like actually, because this horse has shown the ability to do quite well uh, when it's running on the lead. Uh, but the real reason I like this horse is we talk about, again, looking at past performances. So this horse is going off at 20 to one. Yep. The horse right above it, main event, is going off a two to one. They both ran in the Palm Beach stakes last time out. Uh, Susa Summer, this 20 to one horse, finished less than two lengths behind main event. Now, wait a second. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it's, know. A, it's one of those where I'm like, well, now wait, this horse had some run, has shown some ability. This horse yep. has yet to break its maiden. I understand that. But yep. this is still a horse that I just feel is you know, at 20 to one is not really going to cost you much and has shown the ability this, to run with solid horses. To me, this has to be 
if if I'm playing this race, this has to be the horse I use. It has to because the other three horses that I would have liked that are all logical and more likely winners, yep. but they're smoking tea, red danger, and main yep. event. Yep. And they're just gonna cost you so much more than this horse would in a a horse who's been comparable. And you're right, was right involved throughout, had like had a little bit of stick. They got the blinkers going on. So I wouldn't be shocked if they try to get if they get a little more aggressive here and yeah. say, you know what, sitting didn't work as much. Let's get in front with the blinkers on yep. and let's just go. And that's and, even better in stable duel. Maybe you can hang around for a slice. Yeah. And this horse has run this distance before. I mean, it's gone the mile in the 16th, finished third uh, at that distance. So it's not as if this horse completely fades when it's going uh, on the lead at this distance. The speed figures are comparable to anybody else. And if you look, this horse, I mean, last time out, you're looking at coinage, main event, bueno, bueno. I mean, you're looking at really good horses. Uh, and you're also looking at, you know, the, the one before that, you were looking at big invasion, uh, capture the time. I mean, running behind multiple uh, or next time out winners. So I really like Seuss this summer here. Again, for 250 bucks, that's going to allow, it's just going to free up your stable. Again, if you want to spend up on a nine to five horse, you can do that and still stay under budget. Yep. That's, that was the one for me. Cause I just, I couldn't get to either of the others. And we talked about the comparable races and nobody else looked intriguing. If I'm playing this race, I'm playing the six Sousa summer at a big, big price. Let's get to the ghost zapper race. Number six. Oh, yeah. Now I like, uh, we'll go back to the dirt here. A mile and an eighth grade three hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. I just didn't think there's very much speed on paper in here yeah. early, early on. And I thought the two's got a big shot. Yep. Laughing, laughing boy. Yeah. Um, Laughing Boy is going to be fresh. Laughing Boy hasn't raced since November. And the last time we saw Laughing Boy was on a, in a on a sloppy racetrack. So we can even be a little bit forgiving about that. And what's wrong with this horse's recent form? You can put a line through the career debut at Churchill back in November of 2020. And this horse, after that race, was sent to the bench, showed back up in June of 2021, and ran really well, finishing third. And then was sent to the bench again. Uh, showed up at Saratoga going six and a half. Had some trouble that day, but then in his second start back, he won, and he's been good since. And you know yep. what you're going to get from him. He's got speed. He will catch a field that doesn't seem to have a ton. He's fresh. And I really, really like Julian Leveru on the lead. I yeah. think he's been, uh, honestly, because you think of him as someone who's more of like a, a turf come from behind rider, right? Yep. That's probably where you yep. think of him. But I'll tell you, when he was out here in Southern California a few years back and he was riding at Del Mar and it was on the synthetic that year, I believe. And it was like one, it was a time when the, you had to be on the lead and, yeah. I, and he caught on real quick and was just putting everything on the front end. And then what happens is he's very, he's so good at getting the horse to kind of get comfortable and relax yeah. that if you're out front and then he can get you to relax yeah. and just get happy that you're just going to be a nice, happy horse out front. So I always like when I see him on a horse who I think is going to have some speed because if he gets them out front, he's going to keep them comfortable and happy. Uh, give me Laughing Boy at 8-1 to one on the morning line. This one will only cost us 3000 in our stable dual lineups, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. This is where I 
was also going as well. I, I think that's just the logical play in this race. I mean, Fearless is a very good horse, but I'm not spending eleven thousand no dollars uh, on no a horse. No uh, and uh, and so yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of the field, and it's just it, nothing else really jumps out at me. I mean, Commandeer the one is kind of interesting, but I, I just don't really trust that horse. Uh, and I also don't like the inside post position. And uh, the, the, you know, the, just the getting beat in the Pegasus. I know yeah. we can toss it, but the layoff after the layoff, I just don't like it. You're gone for yeah. a few months. You show up, and then you get beat. You come back maybe you can save ground and be and be there but i i do think laughing boy just gets a couple lengths on him early yeah i think so too and i i think you know this is uh you know i also think just the benefit of that two hole I, i'd much rather be in that than the one hole and yeah. and so uh yeah i like it and this horse has shown the ability to run uh you know well over a mile and eight you know the two back at keeneland was a mile and a 316 so this is a horse that can absolutely travel the distance and won't have an issue tiring down the stretch i wouldn't talk anybody off of this horse either uh, Capo oh, Castello, yeah. Yeah. the, uh, the Fausto Gutierrez second time in the U S didn't race for a long time. They're just trying to figure out where they fit. And then look at the race. You come here for your first start in seven months and you show up in an optional claimer at Gulfstream park and you run into a horse named Olympiad. Yeah. Who's just become one of the better older horses right now in training. He's won three races in a row, a couple graded stakes over at fairgrounds. And he's looked really good earning triple digit buyer speed figures in three consecutive races. Highest honors was also in that race. And he came back to win uh, on the grass over at Gulfstream park. And so I, I, you know, I don't really hold that race against him all that much in, you know, multi-race exotics and stuff. This might be a horse I throw in in stable duel. It it's difficult because he's a little bit more of a wild card. Yeah. You know, this is the type of horse who, if he w- ran poorly and finished last and you lost 15 or 20 points, it wouldn't shock you, you know, right. just because you don't really know. But I would not be surprised to see this horse like open up at, you know, four to one or something like that. Yeah. Especially with the Rider Twos Junior aboard. Yeah. This is a horse who's been a multiple grade one winner, group one winner in Panama. And so there is a little bit of class there. They just got to try to figure out. And, and from a distance standpoint, I have no concern with a mile and an eighth for a horse no. who's run much longer and, and gotten a mile and a quarter. But it's just always hard to find out where these horses stack up. It is. It is. And, and especially, I mean, it's one thing if you're looking at maybe sometimes horses coming from Brazil or Argentina, I think Panama, you don't see a lot of horses coming from there. But so I think that's really that's, don't have a gauge. For, yeah. For that it, it's racing. hard, but I will say, I mean, one of my favorite angles to play is second off the North American, mm-hmm. you know, the second start in North and, America. I mean, that's usually a good angle to play because the first time is coming off a layoff as well. Usually because the horse usually moves and there's a barn change and, and typically there's a lot of, kind of getting the horse ready. And so it's not just the second off the layoff. It's the second race in North America. They get used to the, just the way the riding is different here. And and so I, that's an angle I usually like to play. So if you need to save up a little bit of money, it's not a bad play to use. Yeah. It's a, a horse who's got American breeding also and a rat and yeah. I rad jumps aboard. Yeah. So I mean, that's some- the thing is I, I rad can, have his choice. I mean, so when he's not rad, jumping yeah. on a horse. Who's got no chance here. Right. right. So yeah. they're, they're at least a little live and maybe a horse to throw into some exotics or uh, uh, one of your, or two of your stable dual lineups about halfway home on this Gulfstream park card for Saturday, April the 2nd, we've got a big stable dual contest that we're going to be playing in and make sure to get social and uh, use those hashtags and tag stable duel if you want a chance at getting uh, a little extra money hey how about wouldn't it be nice if the if you win those uh those stable duel social contest you get free rolls 
into these games. You, you know, you play a couple different lineups in your uh, in your big Gulfstream Park contest for Saturday. It's only sixty bucks to enter. Let's get to race number seven, Matt. This is the Sand Springs Mile and the Sixteenth on the Turf Course. Where do you want to start? I like the seven. Uh, Sugar. We're on the same one here. Okay. Yeah. So I just think this horse makes a whole lot of sense in this race. Uh, Last time out, stepped up to a grade three, the Honey Fox, and and ran well. I mean, it had a little Mm -hmm. bit of a wide, uh, you know, trip and still kind of kept on, was making up ground at the end. Uh, And so this is a horse that's now returning back to that kind of non-graded stakes level. An Italian who just won that race gate to wire. So it wasn't like there was going to be a whole lot of passing that day. Yep. And I, you know, Wakanaga had a huge final kick and Navatrolova is a good horse. I mean, so it finished behind some not solid horses. And mm-hmm. so now you're going back to this non-graded stakes level where, you know, you saw some, a lot of success previous, you know, to the layoff. And yeah. I, you know, again, you get Louis I as a board trained by Safi Joseph Jr. When those two team up, you're looking at a 29% strike rate. So I, I like that. And again, I just think this horse really fits and there's going to be a little bit of speed in this race mm-hmm. or a fair amount of speed in this race. And so I think it sets up really nicely for a horse like Sugar Fix who can sit kind of in the pocket or a little little off, you know, in that four or five slot and really make a nice run coming for home. Yeah. And it, it's for me, a lot of times when I'm going through and building my lineups and stuff, it's it's process of elimination. You know, yeah. I start, I start eliminating horses and I go, just like what you were doing. Okay. The one traffic song. Sure. But there's some speed there. This horse is drawn down toward the inside. And then right next door, you've got grand Avenue girl. Who's got some speed. And then you've got stolen holiday. Who's also got some speed and their best races have been forwardly placed, especially yeah. going longer. You'll notice that stolen holiday can pass, but those were when sprinting. Yep. So anytime that, that she's been longer, she wants to be right up close. Now, all of a sudden you've got all three of them you know, forwardly placed. I could make a case for the four crystal cliffs if you want to bet this horse, but mm-hmm. it's stable dual coming off the long layoff, probably a little shorter than what I'd want to spend yeah. in this race. You know, yeah. um, stunning princess makes a lot of sense and, and would be no shock from a, a gambling standpoint, ran into bleaker street last time out. Who's just awesome. But yep. you know, if, if you have the ability to spend up, I wouldn't really talk you off of that one, but I look around and, you know, you start a little, now you kind of have to end up on, Sugar fix, right? Yeah, who, and it's who's a, left. Yeah, yeah, and, and sugar fix is a horse that likes to win. Twenty-five career races, ten wins, six seconds. I mean, this horse likes to get in the winner's circle. Uh, that's a really nice win percentage for a horse that uh, is in this spot and it's going off at six to one. So, um, you know, it has done well at Gulfstream, has done well at this distance. So I, I just like that combination. Six to one is only going to cost you $5,000. That's your average horse cost when building a stable. So I think Sugar Fix is a really nice play in the spot. Completely agree. We're on the same page in a, a few of these as we continue on to the back half of the card. And in this eighth race, this was run one that I wrote up on the top of my page, not a stable dual race. <laughs> Indeed. Big, big field, lots of first time starters going seven furlongs, too many question marks for me, yeah. at least. I yeah. don't have a strong enough opinion to make this a race where I want to key I, in on. I, yeah. I like the 11, but I, the Bill Mott horse, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, this is one where I'm skipping this race if I'm playing mm-hmm. stable duel. And yep. so, um, but you know, if, if you're looking again, if you just if you want to play this one, if you're not attracted to others, I think the 11 is not going to kill you at six to one, it's five thousand dollars. It's a Look nice dam. Dam of yep. this one was three for three, won the Sun Coast. Nice yep. little little breeding here. Uh, this was a horse who's um, a half to a horse named Luke's Alley and. Luke's Alley was a what multiple graded stakes winner, won the great yep. the Gulfstream Park Turf handicap, 
won the up a couple races up at Woodbine. Uh, Wanstead Gardens was another one that was pretty nice and was like a legitimate graded stakes caliber horse. So not a bad pedigree at all. Look at the Arifana who yeah. won the first four races of her career, won five of six, including a stakes race there. Uh, Barahona was a winner. I just, a, a, a pretty solid pedigree. Yeah. For solid this pedigree. One. Yeah. I mean, the empire maker, uh, you know, so, uh, progeny, uh, and what I usually like, like looking at these is it's a Gainsway stable bred and owned horse. And I yep. like it when they keep it in house. A lot of times mm -hmm. means they, they, they know really this like is the a nice one. <laughs> they know this yeah, is a nice one. You know, they gave it to Bill Mott. And, and so, uh, like I said, I, I probably will not use this horse. I probably will not play this race. But if, you, what's, if you're going to play this race, then don't overspend on on a huge horse and, and spend a little bit less on this one, I think. I think because I do feel like this horse is going to open up first click at 72. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and probably go off shorter than the morning line. So Absolutely. if you do spend up, if you do play this race, that you'll probably get a good run for your money there. And from a value-based standpoint, you'll at least be on the right side of the margins with uh with how you spend in this race. So yeah. I agree with you from a betting standpoint, if this horse is over seven to two, I'm going to bet this horse to win. Yeah. Um, but in, in stable duel, like if they broke poorly from way out, yeah. I would not be shocked at all. No. And, and, and like we said, there's, it looks like there's some ability in the mornings, but you just don't know. I usually like Mott, like Mott's so capable, but he's usually better with a race or two under yeah. the belt. Right. He's not yeah. one of those, get him cranked up either. So, um, I think you sniffed out the right horse, but uh, uh, we'll yeah. see if we how we build our lineups if we can uh, afford to spend up there for yeah. easy to love. Who would be right on par? Six to yeah. one, five thousand. So it's not as if you're having to spend a whole heck of a lot. In the ninth race, the Pan American. Ah, uh, we were on poor uh, Abon last time out. Oh, just got the roughest ride. I mean, just, just a brutal, uh, brutal trip. Let's watch what happened with poor. A bond last time this out. This was painful to watch. Yeah, this is bad. And, and, and the thing is, Louis was having a good day. Louis yeah, won like was. three, four races that day and then just gave this horse a baffling ride. He's the one uh, in, in this race. And a bond was coming into this race in excellent form. He just won the, the McKnight and he showed that he can sit off a little bit in the McKnight. But right here, this is the that we always talk about that spot, yeah. right? It's the, oh, am I going to go? Am I going to sit? And all of a sudden, like, that's like three lengths. Yep. of positioning right there that you lose. And now, now all of a sudden you run up and then you stop and you steady yep. and you were right up on the front. And now you're in just a bad spot behind horses and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. It, like it didn't shuffling. get any better. Yeah. It got no. worse and worse as the race it, went on. It did. Uh, just and, shuffling all the way back with nowhere to go. And that's why, I mean, you and I talk about it, right? We, I, I typically avoid that post one. I just, too many bad things happen from there. And, yep. and, and you got to have, uh, a unless ton you of have speed. really great speed. Yes. And even then, speed. if you're like a step slow and someone crosses over on you, then you're in trouble because it's like, Oh, well that's a speed horse. And now they're behind. So they're probably, yep. they're probably done. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, I mean, and that's why this is a race. If you're going to spend up, I mean, I, I think a bond comes back in a big way here. I agree too. Uh, I, I'm going to spend up on a bond. Yeah. I think I am. I, I think Gufo's coming off the layoff. And, and so I'm and just Gufo's, not sure. Gufo's too deep of a closer for me to trust. We know with a bond and I would imagine because they got trapped and, and farther back that they will be aggressive yes. in getting close to the front or on the lead or right there. Look, yeah. now they had to angle wide three oh, deep and in between horses after all that shuffling. 
It's like, oh my gosh. I, I know. Brutal. I know. And, yeah. and and the thing is, Temple, who's five to two, is a useful horse, but not at that price. I mean, Temple's mm-hmm. a horse that I've used he's, before he's in Stable Duel. He's on it. He's he, fine. He typically, he always, he turns in an honest effort, typically hits the board. He got a perfect trip. He got a perfect trip last time out. And on top of that, if you go back and look previously, I like him when he's at a little bit of a price, like when he's at like nine Six, to two morning to line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something like that. Like, okay, I could, cause I, he'll finish second and I can live with that. You know, five to one, six to one, I can live with that. But you know, at five to two, I just can't use that horse. No. And I'm, I'm fine in this race. If you're going to spend up and you know, you're going to have a couple races where you want to spend up, you want to, yep. to have a horse or two that you feel really confident about a bond getting aggressive off of that. And it's not the biggest field in the world. And no. you know that you have a horse with, that's going to be forwardly placed in a race where there's not a ton of other speed. I, yeah, I mean, and you're a little further outside this time. So I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think this is, yeah. I, and I, quite frankly, I think Louie's probably pissed at the ride he gave the source. Like, like what happened last time? Like, I'm well, sure he's upset and wants to come back and win this one. So any good athlete understands and they, w- whether it was a mistake that he felt like it was his fault or whether he felt like he was just at the mercy yeah, of the racing luck or whatever yeah. happened, I guarantee you these guys and gals and these awesome athletes, when they go back and watch the film for whatever it was, they are double motivated next time to not yes. make that same mistake, right? Yeah. If we lose the next time, it's not going to be that way. It won't be that reason. We're going to get in a good spot. We're going to put ourselves in the race. And if somebody beats us, they beat us. Yep. But we're going to get, we're going to make sure we didn't lose because of a trip. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that's a good race to spend up. Got up. Uh, it's always funny if you had listened to any of our, our like handicapping shows and some of the preview stuff that we did um, on that March, the fourth day, uh, or no, I guess it was the, uh, was it the, yeah, March, the fifth day <laughs> between that, a bond horse and then collaborate. You would have known that the, I would, I didn't do very well that day uh, with just a couple of, which is a couple of the trips that these horses got. Yeah, um, Cause I really liked collaborate coming into that last race. That. Yeah. And this trip was just, uh, you know, it was one of those where it's like they were, they didn't really have a chance to no. do, to do much. Cause it would have been like, go so I fast that we're going to get up front. Hey, Pete, how you doing? Pete Aiello as uh collaborate was the eight in this race that we're going to watch back last time out. And it's like a fine start, you know, it was right there, but you look towards the inside and everybody else had a fine start too. Yep. And now, you're in this in-between stage where you better go or you better take a hold. And so right now it doesn't look like you're in the worst spot because you're kind of sitting three deep, but then the three shoots up the rail. Now you're four deep. And then these horses come inside of you and you're like four, almost in a half deep. Yeah. As the seven and the four shoot up and they push you all the way. Why look at the eight, one, two, three, four, five. He's basically in the six path. Yeah. Right now, when you look on the head on, because you can't really tell, he looks like he's actually closer than he is. Yeah. And he just got zero chance here. He's chasing Speaker's Corner, who's very nice and who wins this race gate to wire. Yep. So there's no passing, there's no movement. And this is the horse who's widest of all in this field. And he's got some ability. The problem is just from a a stable duel point. I mean, he's three to one. So, I mean, I prefer him that to the other short price in here, mm-hmm. but I don't even, I mean, so I probably end up using him in at least one lineup or two, but 
this might be one of the races where I, I, I prefer him like Ford and Hill makes a ton of sense. Sure. Second off the long, long layoff. This guy's going to take a big step forward, but I don't think I could pay up for him. No. I'm, I'm, so where do you go in here, Maddie? I, I'm all over the floor. I love Weyburn in the spot. Cool. I, I, I like Weyburn as, as, at this price at 10 to one for a thousand dollars. Again, Pennsylvania Derby. And then what do you got? Pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, just, and this horse has run against the best at the three-year-old crop. I mean, this horse was on the Derby trail, won the Gotham, finished fourth behind that, you know, incredible run by Burbonic, uh, but then came back and finished second at the Pegasus by a neck, comes back, runs decently at the Jim Dandy, uh, you know, decent enough. I mean, that was just, that was a tough race. And, you know, with the central quality, and then comes back and just something went wrong in that Pennsylvania Derby. And yep. so... Then you're sent to the bench you know, for, yeah, sent for to the while. bench. You go to the Brendan, you go to Brendan Walsh's barn, who's got a, a nice strike rate, actually 21% win rate coming back from a long layoff. Yep. This horse has been really keyed up, you know, has been running some nice four and five furlong works uh, getting up to this. You got Tyler Gaffley on a board who is more than capable down there. And so, again, as a value play on a day where you might have to spend up for the Abans of the world yep. or some of the horses we're going to be talking about in a little bit, you know, it makes a lot of sense, I think, for a horse that has shown a lot of class uh, mm-hmm. at, at this level uh, and, and at 10 to 1. And, and again, if you're sitting there going, I don't really want to spend on Collaborate. I don't really want to spend on Fortin Hill. This is like, the horse. Yeah, then you go to the, the you one. go to the third place horse, basically. And you go, well, all right, I'll pick the horse that finishes third yep. for $1,000. And so it it doesn't matter if Weyburn is a little bit short in this spot and can run a nice solid third, pick you up some points because that's fine. And this horse has the class and the ability. If they are right, they could win this race. Weyburn, Gaffleone jumps aboard. Always got to take that as a positive down there. They're ready to rock and roll. Well, some days you have to take that. Yeah. (laughs) They collaborate. Oh, you saw the collaborate one right there. Tyler, man, when he is on, I don't know. I'm sure there are, but man, when he is on, he is on fire and when yep. he is off i just uh, sometimes i'll just scream at my television be like what are you doing on this horse today? Streaky. it's just streaky. so streaky sometimes and just and and i always seem to pick the wrong day for it yeah. <laughs> like, when we, i fade him he wins six and then when i'm like i don't know about you know i'm all right i'm back on tyler he goes like one for eight on favorites I'm like, there are a few for me the the <laughs> one from the very beginning for me was always bejarano out here in southern california oh, yeah. that was the one and it was funny because he would win at about a 20 to 25% clip in his yeah. good years when he was out here. And I will tell you the 70 to 75% of the time that I played it, it was, that was when I played it. It was always that way. And I was like, how does the math work out like this? It doesn't add up, you know, it sure doesn't. But we've all got a couple of those where it just, when we zig, they zag and vice versa. Yeah. We, yeah. uh, we get to how crazy, you know, it's a big, long day, Matt. When the eleventh race kicks off the late pick four, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? late pick four, yeah, <laughs> starting starting in race number uh, eleven here, and we've got a mile and a sixteenth. The Sanibal Island on the turf course here. These are three year old fillies, and I think the four sensitivity is very that's the, intriguing. That's the play. Right? That's the play. With, We're with on Paco the same up. one. You know, yep. there's there's not that much speed in here. You know, Paco is going to get a little bit aggressive. I feel like yes. this is the horse to catch 12 to one, only going to cost us 750. This to me is the, the, the big play in this race. Yep. I totally agree. I mean, I would, and I always love how, uh, Pete announcer, Pete, Pete Aiello, uh, the voice of Gulfstream park 
always gives a shout out to where Paco is. Like yep. when, you know, like any race there's like, and Paco's, you know, on this, and it's like the fifth place horse or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. and coming into the turn. Um, but I, no, I think sensitivity is the way to go. I mean, that was a really impressive maiden. It was at this distance. So it's not as if those horses stretching out. Um, and, and which is, you know, a lot of times what you see with a maiden victory, then they step up, stretch out, they're yep. not stretching out. So you know exactly what you're getting. One of the things I talk about a lot is I love seeing the workouts on the turf, that mm -hmm. last workout on the turf, 59, four, five furlong. This horse is feeling real good after that, uh, maiden victory. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I like this spot a lot. $750 makes a lot of sense. I think in the spot in a, in a field that honestly, it doesn't overwhelm me. And I so agree. this I, horse I is going to get bad. Yes, it is. This horse is going to get bet big. Yeah, so they'll open up at, uh, they'll end up probably about half that. You know, this they feel more like a five to six to one shot in here. And um, just from a, you know, a gambling standpoint, if you're looking for other horses to maybe throw into some of your exotics, like the nine Ambitus, I liked it at oh, Tampa yeah. last time out and then just kind of mm -hmm. threw in a clunker. But if you put a line through that race and play this horse off the sweetest chant two back, they're obviously a player uh, yeah. with Saez jumping aboard for motion. My Philly twirl has put back-to-back -back wins together, but sort of drawn towards the outside. So they're going to need to to maybe get a little aggressive, which concerned me. But I just kind of kept coming back to sensitivity from a who makes the most sense in stable duel in yes. this race with the speed yes. at just that price, only seven fifty, and uh, sensitivity is the play for me and Maddie. Yep. Late pick three, Gulfstream Park Oaks. Matt, where do you want to head here with the uh, three-year-old Phillies? I, for me, this is where I spend up an obscene amount of money because uh, I love Kathleen. Kathleen, o. O. you're a big and, fan. And I, yep. she, she's eleven thousand. I get it, like that, and that's part of the reason why I can spend seven fifty on sensitivity. And you, and I can spend this. And I'm all fine. all early. You've had a lot of ten, twelve to one horses that are a thousand seven fifty that make a lot of sense that are going to get bet, and so you can afford to do this now. I I, I just think she's really good. I, I got us a fire. I'm not as sold on, so I'm not as worried about the uh, five. Uh, and I actually like that she's drawing to the outside because this is a horse that tends to have some gate issues. And I, I would be more worried if she was breaking closer to the inside and you have those gate issues because now you get pinched. Now something happens, you get blocked in. If she has a gate issue, if she doesn't break well, guess what? It's fine. She's yep. on the outside. Like she's got so much damn speed that it does not matter. Like she, it, she's always coming from behind. Yep. Uh, and so in some ways I like that she's out of the way and like, just keep her out of the way. Uh, and you know, I, I just keep her in the clear, I, keep her in the clear. And when this horse kicks man alive, she has a burst. And I mean, secret Oath is probably more impressive, but I've just been blown away by Kathleen O and who was really bottled up last time out and just managed to get clear. And once she got clear, made up about six lengths in, in a, in a heartbeat. So I uh, uh, like this horse a lot. Kathleen. Oh, she drew the rail last time out. And, Matt, she is one where I don't, like you said, I don't love the second choice here. Right. And so Kathleen O to me is a race where if you want to spend up, I'm completely fine with it. So she drew the rail last time out and look at that tough start. Just yeah, way <laughs> behind the group here. Way, way out and, of it. And, and I thought, oh, this is when it's going to turn into a pumpkin. You know, like she'd been, she'd kind of done this before. And I thought, this is grade two. This is a grade two race. This is much better competition. Can't pull that, right? Yeah. No way that's going to work. Can't pull that off. And she just, you know, Outfox is a nice horse. You know, uh, Sweet Danny Girl's a nice horse. Sweet Danny Girl. I really like that, that filly. Yeah. And she, she just goes right by 
this group once she starts to build up a little bit of momentum right here. You see she moves in between horses now. Yep. And this was her first start in a couple months. This was just her first start against Graded Stakes Company and just her third career start. This was only her second start on fast dirt. She got out of weight there. Got into ran into a little bit of traffic. That's something that yep. might have shuffled the horse back, but she's still just waiting. Yep, you waiting. can tell she's just waiting. I mean, he waiting knows for the cue. Uh, yeah, Castiano knows he's got all the horse he needs under him, mm-hmm. and um, and at this point, I, I even thought like, God, she's got to go. You know what's going to happen? Like, where's she going to find a spot? I mean, it doesn't look like. And then he just angles her out, and then Boom. see you later. Like there she goes, rains, and she yep. goes right by this field in about two jumps. Yeah, Kathleen O. Will be very tough in here but, in a race. Where, but to uh, your point, if you know, if you don't like that five, then if you don't like uh, what's it called? If you don't like Goddess of Fire, I thought the two then, inside horses. Maybe. Exactly. Then, then you can go cheap because if you go, I don't want to spend for Kathleen O. I don't like the five. Well, then somebody's got to finish second, even if you like Kathleen O up top. So yep. I might as well go cheap and try to catch something underneath. Cancel this. Draws the rail. Joel jumps back aboard. Yep. Um, you can make a, a couple excuses for the golden rod. And then the February race was the first start back and they missed the break that day. So it probably needed that race. And then on March the 10th, they ran into a, a sloppy racetrack. So yep. that's, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, we'll cancel. This hasn't run all that well recently, but you can make excuses when you yep. go through. Oh yeah. That was the race that golden rod, maybe a little tough towards the end of the year, put a line right through it. They bobbled and the next race came. So it's one thing that they, I like to be able to do. Shout out CJ Thoroughbreds with cancel this. Um, the Deuce is yeah. uh, another one who, you know, it's six to one, 3,000. I wouldn't talk you off this horse because mm. there isn't that much speed in here. No, there's not. And, and this is a horse that has progressively gotten better. I know she just broke her maiden, but I mean, it, this is, uh, you know, a horse whose, you know, last speed figure is, you know, certainly is the third best in the field. And yep. so, uh, you know, and, and, and it's shown progress. Yeah, absolutely. In the fairgrounds Oaks uh, against yep. uh, Echo Zulu didn't run poorly behind Echo Zulu and Hidden Connection. That's a that's a nice animal, and she was behind yep. Favor in that race. So, yeah, if it's not Kathleen O, I had I have one, two, and seven as my horses I like in here, yep. and Kathleen O is no doubt the horse to beat. And depending on how you build your lineup, if this is a race where you can afford to spend up, I agree. And I know Matt's a big fan, and so uh, the way that you've you know, you've navigated through. This was a race where you have plenty of opportunity yeah. to spend up with yeah. Kathleen O. We got two races to discuss that remain. The 13th race, the grade three, Kittens Joy Appleton. So uh mile on the turf course here. Matt, which uh, which are one or two that you're looking at in here? This was one where I didn't have a good feel. I just, I this is, this is a race where I'm probably going to skip in all likelihood. I just didn't have a great feel for this one. I, I, and I don't want to spend more than I should on a horse. That's not going to perform as well as I want. That's a good and call. So I just, this one, I just did, you know, there are, there are races like that where you're like, well, this course yeah. could win or finish eighth. Like, and especially like, in a competitive turf field with a bunch of horses. If you don't have a strong opinion, skip. And this is yeah. one of my last races that if I, if I end up playing, it's not one of my more confident ones. Um, yeah. English B makes sense. I would sure. never spend up on English B though. Yep. The horses who I would be okay with spending might be safe conduct who mm-hmm. which could be forwardly placed in here. Second start off the bench. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem and doesn't cost you very much with Paco jumping aboard at 15 to one. And the other one would be down toward the inside with, uh, with the one noble Indy, another one who's got some early pace can settle 
um, and, and just you know save all the ground from the inside. This is a horse who's a claimer, but then stepped up and was 105 to one and was not disgraced in that race. No, not at it, all. <laughs> so you know, saves ground. You get a little bit of a cutback at a mile and sixteenth. But I agree with you. I'm I'm a one six nine in mm-hmm. late pick fours and stuff like that. But stable duel. This might be a uh, eh race that I skip. But I won't yeah. be skipping the Florida Derby. No, I, I do like a horse in here, but I'm curious to see where you want to go first. So tell us where you land in the Florida Derby. I think this is, this is another one, kind of like maybe the Kathleen O race, where there might be a horse that, from a handicapping standpoint, I think simplification wins this race. That said, from a stable duel standpoint, because I think there's a lot of early speed, and I think it sets up beautifully for simplification. Uh, I like the one strike hard. Uh, if you're going yeah. to play a horse in this spot, I think uh, if you need, you know, and maybe even play both, maybe you play the one and three together mm-hmm. uh, in this spot, try to catch the exactor or something like that. Strike hard reminds me a lot of Stiletto Boy in the Pegasus uh, of a horse that I don't think is going to win. But here's the thing. You look at that past form. This horse is right there all the time with all the favorites finished second to white barrio finished second to simple they were supposed to run to tampa right and they had a little issue just a had small a, issue yep, just a sickness a, and scratched yep had a sickness and scratch but you know had a rough trip at that sam f davis and still only still finished fourth and was making up ground at the end i like and that race so, yep yeah and so this is a horse that's been working out nicely and the inside's not great but here's the thing. This horse likes to come from behind a little bit. So if this horse does get shuffled back into mid-pack, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be a ton of early speed with Classic Causeway, with Charge It, with White Abario. And so I like horses in this race that are going to come from off the pace. And so that's why if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to go with Strike Hard for $250. Bucks. Uh, and like I said, I love simplification. I think this race plays out. That's another horse I've been on really since that November yeah. uh, or October 23rd race uh, where he, where he broke his maiden. But I, you know, I, I, I can, if you're, you know, getting to the end and you've used a lot of money on favorites strike hard, I think you could do a lot worse than that. This horse, again, a horse that doesn't really turn in any bad performances, except for that one at the Iroquois otherwise has run up against very strong competition and always held his own. Uh, we hadn't even get musical at all. Uh, we could, we could, towards ah, the out- there we, go. we could towards the outside with Clapton or with seal sunshine. Now I will say, <laughs> I, I don't like to look at a lot of things that Clapton said nowadays, you know, he's, no, he's no, gone, no. Down, gone, yeah. gone down the deep end a little yeah. bit, but, uh, <laughs> but we could steal my sunshine. Um, yes. nonetheless, I'm actually going right next door, Matt. Okay. I, oh, a lot of people are on this horse. I've been oh, hearing. Captain. Oh, captain. Yeah. yeah and, and from a stable duel standpoint, you know, at 20 yeah. to one, I think yeah. this is a really nice horse to use. Cause you can look at the pattern and you can look at the progression here. So debuted at Gulfstream park. She shows speed that day winning yeah. back in August, going five and a half furlongs crushed and then didn't run from August to January showed back up in January and was third going six furlongs in the limehouse. Just n- didn't get a good beginning and just sort of picked up some pieces there was off from January to March, showed back up in the Fountain of Youth in March, and I actually thought the race was was pretty good. We can uh, take a look back at O'Captain here Finish when uh, the number 11 and uh, in third in this race. So O'Captain, kind of a slowish start, and then they just decide to get over. You know, let's let's get over down towards the inside. Let's uh, let's you know, save some ground here. So going into the turn, O'Captain is dead last and ends yep. up, you know, about nine lengths off, but that's, that's a better trip than grabbing a hold, getting in the middle, taking up back and forth. They, yep. they, it was a decisive move. I, I liked it. It's like, Oh, 
Let's yep. go to the back. And it's, it's always better to do. I always prefer when I'm watching, I'd always prefer to see a jockey just go, listen, we're going to the back. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Just not even try. It's those mid pack races where they end up get, you know, checking and getting, you know, horsebacks up into them and then they get boxed. Those are the worst. And so, yeah, just get in the back. You're going to be clear. You can, if you need to swing out, you can, if you need to go in, you can, it just gives you a lot more flexibility. Yeah, they tried to get, you could see, they tried to angle him towards the outside a little bit to get some of the dirt out of his face, some of the kickback there. So they had him a little more in the middle of the racetrack, but he's just sort of waiting patiently uh, at the back of the pack and will start to move nicely. And he's shown progression in all three of his starts on the buyer scale. If you're just looking at like speed figures, he's had nice improvement in each one. So if he were to improve again and take a step forward, that would put him right on the wire with these. Obviously, you've got Joel coming aboard. So someone who with a stone cold closer like this or a horse who we think is going to be coming from the back, Joel is as good as any at making the call, making the decision. And look at O Captain now. He's, you know, just coming onto your screen. He's going to come down the center of the racetrack. He's going to close very well. And he's going to finish third in here. This was yep. his first start in a couple months. This was his, you know, uh, you know, his longest start, his first time going long. Yep. I think there are a lot of reasons why this horse can step forward. Lots of pace on paper. You mentioned classic Causeway, King of Truth, uh, Charge It, White Barrio, Simplification can also be close if they want. There could be a lot of speed in here. And I think it sets up nicely for O Captain 20 to 1 on the morning line with Joel. I don't think we're going to get 20 to 1 come uh, post time. <laughs> no. I think this was one of those horses that I would not be shocked if they open up at about 5 to 1. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think a horse like Papa cap, for instance, might balloon up to 30 to one or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation. Um, but I do think that, I mean, a lot of people are just going to hone in on those top four of charge it classic, you know, classic causeway, uh, white barrio and simplification. So those four are going to take on a ton of money. And so I, you know, while I think, you know, the one in the, in the, uh, nine are probably going to take you know, some th- money. They're going to take some, you're, you're still going to get good money. You're they're, still gonna yeah. They're going to be eight to one or over. Right. Yeah. They yep. probably deserve to be more like eight to 10 to one shots there. Yep. But I think sometimes what ends up happening is when the horse's line is really high, everybody goes, oh, 20 to one. And then you get the overreaction. Whereas like if they were just posted at about eight or 10 to one, most people would probably go, oh, okay. Like that's yep. probably where they fit and they wouldn't get all excited about them. So if that ends up being where they settle, it, it wouldn't shock me if they get cut in about half the two horses that we like. But uh, it looks like a fun Florida Derby where you bring in classic Causeway, who's been impressive, and he's going to, at the very least, add some speed to the party here. Yeah, I mean, that's a horse that just breaks so beautifully every single time. I mean, it just looks like he shot out of a cannon coming out of the gate. I mean, the only horse that I think Forbidden Kingdom maybe has a little bit better early speed. I think maybe the horse early voting, one of Chad Brown's horses up in New York, maybe can flash a little bit more speed. But I mean, his... both of his breaks at Tampa have just been out of this world of the Sam Davis and the Tampa Bay Derby. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I like that horse a lot. Did take a little bit of a step back. That last race was a little slower than I think a lot of people, you know, I think it was one of those things visually, we all kind of saw it was a little slow uh, and it kind of came back that way in the buyer speed figures. Um, and and so this horse is going to face a lot of pressure though, up front. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why more than he much, has recently, yes. most likely. Right. And, and, he, and I guess a better caliber of horse is going to be challenging up front front with white Barrio, with uh potentially simplification kind of kind of quick so, turnaround too. Yeah. You know, he I was surprised that 12th. he didn't go. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why they, they originally talked about going to the bluegrass because he did he's sort of in between. Right. And it's like, 
I guess if you go here, you get more time to the derby, but you have the quick turnaround here. You go to the bluegrass, you have the quicker turnaround. So it's just, it's apples and oranges. And they said they thought the horse was feeling good right now. So you know what? Take a shot yeah. now and maybe you get that fitness out of it that you'd like for the derby as a uh, nice. We rattled through that 14 race card, Maddie. I really appreciate you uh, jumping on, uh, on Thursday night for uh, yeah. those of you who, our stable duel fans or just uh, horse racing fans, Matt, myself, and our friend Barry Spears, every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we do a show called This Weekend in Stable Duel. And it's similar to this, but we just go through different races at different tracks. We'll go through each race. We'll give out the horses that we like. We'll kind of talk about, you know, how we might play stable duel lineups, but we'll talk about even more than uh, than just stable duel from a gambling standpoint, we'll show some replays and we'll dive into to DRF uh, past performances. And I like when what our show is because it's fun. We normally are able to cover you know, three or four tracks for a couple yeah. different days with a, a few horses each. But this weekend, I felt like we needed to have that that folk that singular focus because there's Laser. big money up for grabs at Gulfstream, right? Big money. I mean, a forty thousand dollar contest, ten thousand to the winner. Uh, but here's the kicker. The top eight all take home at least a thousand. The top 60 all double their money. So it's a $60 buy-in. And if you finish in the top 60, you take home $120. So that's not bad at all. Uh, I mean, that's all the benefit of entering a few different entries and, you know, maybe one hits really high and maybe, you know, you get one coming in 59th place. Beauty is you double up on that 59th place one. So, uh, I, I, I love playing these big weekends. I love when they, you know, they really spread the winnings out uh, across the board to a lot of different folks. Let's brings a lot of new people in the game. Should be a lot of fun. Matt, good luck to you this weekend, buddy. Uh, appreciate you always hanging out and helping out. Did another fantastic job with your handicapping. Shout out to our buddy, Barry. We always miss uh, when he's not aboard with us. I feel and like the sniper should be down at uh, Gulfstream, Gulfstream, I believe. Park, so go so out and, you see and hang out with him. Yeah, Absolutely. go check him out. We've uh, we've had a nice triumvirate over the last uh, couple months as we've come together. Good luck to Barry. Good luck to you, my friend. And make sure to get those entries in and play race win. Better. You want to spread your pony knowledge by. I like doing those uh, those live streams because we can you know show you the past performances there, and then I can take the audio and put them on the podcast too. So just make sure to follow along on social media. I'm I'm gonna continue to be doing a lot of those live streams coming up. I always like to show the races and the charts and just some of the stuff that I'm looking at when I handicap the races. And we were very lucky to have Mary Rampolini from DRF join us to handicap the races from Oaklawn Park this weekend. And Mary also helps us recap some of the, the big stuff that happened at Sam Houston last weekend. She pays uh, attention to everything going on there in Texas. We mentioned a lot of the places that she uh, she covers racing for. and She does such a fantastic job. So we've, went, we've gone back and forth with Mary a little bit, and we were so lucky to get to have her on the show. So we discuss Oaklawn Park's Saturday races. We talk about the three big stakes races on the card at Oaklawn. Race number nine, which is the Oaklawn Mile. Race number 10, which is the Fantasy. And race number 12, which is the Arkansas Derby. And following that, we uh, take a little look at what happened last weekend at Sam Houston on Texas Champions Day. 
From DRF, it's Mary Rampolini. It's a big weekend coming up over at Oaklawn Park, and this has been a long time coming. We needed to get some help to talk about the big races at Oaklawn. So Mary Rampolini from the DRF helps us out. Uh, a lot of you know Mary. She's the Mid-South correspondent, so you see her doing a lot of handicapping and coverage for Oaklawn, some of the Texas tracks, uh, New Mexico. W- where else do we cover, Mary? Oh, we do some Oklahoma coverage, some Louisiana coverage. So, yeah, just like you said, uh, Gino, kind of this Mid-South region, Southwest-type area. And so you and I started uh, talking back and forth a little bit as uh, I've become such a big fan of what they're doing at Sam Houston. And we're going to talk about Sam Houston at the end of this and uh, and give them a little bit of uh, of praise and coming off of a really big weekend for them. But before we go back... Let's go forward a little bit because we've got some uh, some big races coming up from Oaklawn Park. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got in over at DRF and uh, and how you. I know I always like asking people how they got into racing because racing's a little different, right? It's a little unique. Getting in there, there's usually a story or family or how did you get involved in racing in and over with DRF? Yeah, you know, do you know it's funny you say that. That's probably one of my favorite questions to ask folks just in general conversation on how they how they got into racing, because my story is not very interesting, um, just because I grew up in the sport. So so my father uh, trained horses, so that's kind of where I just, you know, grew up with it. So I'm always impressed by people who come to the sport without growing up to it, because you really have to pursue it that way. Um, you kind of take things for granted, I think, when you're when you're uh, when you grow up in it. So, so right. again, uh, yeah, that's kind of one of my favorite things to hear. Especially. I think I'm the same. I, I like to ask the same way because my mom and dad met each other at the racetrack, you know, oh, so <laughs> what a great, that's a great story. That, so that, it's a pretty a good great. one, but I'm, I'm in the same sense as you is that I've just been around it forever. I'm always really interested in people that don't have a family influence that how, how they got there. And it's usually, like you said, it's a lot of hard work and you can generate, you can tell a lot of times the people that really, really care about the sport by just sort of asking them that question and, and how they got into it. So, um, Yes, Mary, they're passionate. Yes. Yeah, it's been it, and thank you so much. You know, we, we've talked back and forth about uh, doing this for a while. So you get the chance, like we said, to cover all of those tracks. You do a little bit of handicapping um, and you get to go to a lot of the tracks, too, for big events. You, We were even talking earlier that you were out at the races earlier today. Yes, it's it's been a busy, uh, busy run here. The Oakland meet is has been going since December. So they've had a little change in schedule and that means the Arkansas Derby is going to be a little earlier this year. Uh, Gino, they packed, backed it up to about five weeks ahead of the Kentucky Derby. So uh, on Saturday, uh, we will get to see the final major three-year-old prep out of Arkansas. And we're going to talk about the three races on the card at uh, Oaklawn on Saturday. If you want to follow along with us, always using those DRF past performances. And we're looking at race number nine from Oaklawn for April the 2nd. So uh, we'll get into the uh, the Oaklawn mile a little bit, and then we'll talk about the fantasy and then the uh, the the big one in race number 12, the Arkansas Derby. These are some really strong undercard races, Mary. Uh, in the Oaklawn Mile here, you've got you know Cezanne coming in for Bob Baffert. This is a horse who's going to be stretching out a little bit, but a multiple graded stakes winner. You've got a lot of familiar names. Uh, Roadster is a former grade one winner. Silver Prospector is a the Southwest winner from a few years back. Towards the outside, Folsom got really good last year. This is a deep field. Very well said. Yeah, Gino, it's a very exciting field. 
Um, you know, this Oaklawn Mile, they, they, they introduced it a few years ago. It's been a few years, and it has come up gangbusters every year. And this will be the first graded running. It's a grade three this year. Um, uh, you know, I, I like Cezanne myself in here. I, I really think that while there's other speed, I think he's going to be the dominant speed moving from that seven-eighths of a mile to the one mile and, and uh, the configuration here at Oaklawn. As your listeners know, it ends at the 16th pole, this mile race. So they'll be to the first wire, so to speak, in this race. And again, that speed that Cezanne has should serve him well, I think, in that scenario. But I think you have to pay a lot of attention to Law Professor. Unfortunately, absolutely on the outside. Yeah that, yeah. that was probably the maybe the final judgment call for me, the post positions there. But uh, he seems like he's a very nice horse. And, you know, that line against Express Train, too bad. And that one jumps off the page. And in last race on the grass, too. He th- that was more. It was funny because I think they they had a decision to go on either the kill row or the big cap, and I think they chose the kill row just because they didn't want to maybe go the mile and a quarter and thought that was a little bit farther than his scope, and and so the kill row ended up coming up really tough too. It was contentious. You could see he was ten mm. to one in that race, and he probably would have been the second choice if he would have gone in the big cap because he would have been behind Express Train again. And I, he's got that really nice running style where he just he always puts himself in the race. He can sit pretty close within a few lengths, and he can loom up. And from a betting standpoint, he may be one of the more intriguing horses because kind of sometimes, even with the post, it sort of gets built into the price. So maybe he's a little bit higher than he should be because he's hooked out wide. Sure, sure. Gets a little weight off of Cezanne as well, too. That doesn't yeah. hurt things. Yeah, you know? not it's what a cool race. Between the two of them. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, down inside, you got Mimosa, too, is one who he was a, a, a horse who won uh, a graded stakes in Texas and, and Lone Star last year and got really good. And, you know, he's just getting going, making his third start of the year at a big price. Sharp running Ray down inside. Nothing wrong with what uh, with what he's been doing as of late. And then towards the uh, right inside of Law Professor, both Folsom, who's a multiple graded, a multiple graded stakes winner. Maybe he needs a race, but I mean, Brad Cox can get him ready to fire off the bench. And Necker Island fits with this group. There are a lot of cool horses to mention here. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great race. And that, um, you know, Necker Island, the, the allowance field that he defeated, that was just top to bottom. That was was a stakes quality allowance, you know, and I, I'm interested to see what he does as well based on the strength of the field he beat last time. Um, so yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot to take in and from a lot of different regions, you know, if you've got a, a rooting interest geographically, <laughs> there's a lot of choices that's, too. <laughs> that's what's gotten really good about these Oakland races the last few years too, right? They, they're so deep races like this and you get horses that come from everywhere, East, mm-hmm. West, and then they're already mm-hmm. based out there like in the Midwest part. So it, yes. it sort of works out perfectly. Yeah, Necker Island in the other two races before he won, he was behind Rated R Superstar and Thomas Shelby and, yes. and Just Might and Greeley and Ben. <laughs> Just, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Great and we should stuff mention there. for your uh, listeners that uh, Dark Vader, um, uh, he is cross-entered at Santa Anita on Saturday. And I can only tell you uh, what I know that he didn't come in on the Tuesday plane from Southern California, according to the officials here at Oakland. So I don't know which way he's going, but I can tell you he didn't fly in. So one uh, really good thing about following Mary on uh, social media at DRF Rampolini is that you'll get information uh, just like this. Uh, a lot of times you'll get info on horses that are scratching or horses that will, or won't be entering and you'll pass it along. So 
it'll save people some time with their handicapping when they can look over and notice, oh, I don't have to worry about that horse because they're not going to be in there, which uh, as we move to the fantasy, we do actually know about this field. And this race, the complexion of, of this race changed quite a bit with Ida as one that you mentioned who, who won't be running. And, and also with the fact that the top Philly in this local division is going to be running against the boys uh, in the 12. So it makes this race a little bit more wide open and kind of up for grabs. Yeah, it did change the complexion when secret oath said uh, her connection said we're going into the Arkansas Derby. So, you know, they had had like six or so head each time for these Kentucky Oaks preps uh, during the Oaklawn meet, which she both won, you know, she won both of them so far. Uh, by by blowout margins so uh yeah it opened things up they entered they had nine head that when they took entries and stuff so it did change things and then Ida as you mentioned you mentioned Ida uh will be scratched according to her trainer Bob Baffert he said she spiked a bit of a fever and so she did not make the trip so that 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 you know she didn't fly in she's she's still home and um I just thought there was a lot of speed in here, Gino. I think even with the scratch of Ida, I agree. I do. Totally agree. agree. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So in light of that, I like Dreamlift, but me too. We're on the same one here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. So, because I kind of felt strongly about that. So it's nice to hear. So, Um, but I I do still think, you know, you never know how things are going to set up, you know, (laughs) with any race, but um, with these young fillies that are still lightly raced in many ways and, and how things might fall at the break. But, it sure does. One of like my favorite things about Oaklawn, though, is that they usually do get pretty honest races for the most part up on the dirt. You know, like it, sometimes we see um, on the East Coast or some of the longer grass races where they just sort of let one horse get up front and, and cruise. And at Oaklawn, I think for a lot of the races, we still get pretty honest paces, which is fun because then a lot of times you get the best horse winning. And I, I agree with your sentiment completely looking at just, uh, you know, the queen, the magic circle, probably going to show mm-hmm. a little bit of speed here. You'd want Mariah's fortune to be forwardly placed. Yugiri is going to be forwardly placed. Hardy constitution stretching out all of them. And and the horse who, you know, is sort of going to be by default, maybe the favorite or take a lot of money. Bubble rock has a ton of ability, but they got to prove it on the dirt too. So yeah, that, yeah, that's interesting with her. The one thing I liked was those Keeneland works, you know, that she's they're fired good. lately. They're good. And she's right. classy. She's not proven. She's not proven on the dirt. So, so you, you would you in a race where maybe she gets hooked a little bit wide and there's a lot of speed. Do you want to take a really short price? Or maybe you look to someone like Dream Lith who could offer you a little more value. And what's nice is that her A game is really good when she gets the setup. We've seen what she can do in the golden rod. And she probably needed that last race. You know, it was the first start in a few months. It wasn't like, you know, with these three-year-old fillies and and the the boys that we're going to talk about in a minute, they don't need to be cranked up and ready to win that first race off the bench. They've got bigger plans and big races down the line where they sort of want to peak, you know, a little bit later in the in the year. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Dreamlift take a big step forward here. Yes, and you know, the work she had the other day, um, really a sharp work. And that was one reason her trainer, uh, Robert D. Tino Diodoro, just in, you know, in interviewing him for the forum for an article on the race, he was saying he liked that extra week he had, as opposed to staying down in New Orleans for the fairgrounds Oaks. He got an extra week with her, got to put another work in her 
for her second race back, as you said. So um, there's there's a lot of a lot of things going in that Philly's favor, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Dream Lith. Well, if she gets home, you'll hear uh, me and Mary yelling and screaming uh, for, <laughs> for, for Dream Lith <laughs> as uh, we move along to the uh, the twelfth race here and the the really cool story in the Arkansas Derby. Um, other than the fact that there's $1.25 million up for grabs, there's Kentucky Derby points on the line, but we've got a Philly against the boys and it's the coach with the Philly. I mean, just a, a really cool one, two combo. Anytime in a top tier race where you've got uh, a gal facing the boys, it's a really cool story. And then when you throw in someone with the history and the personality like D Wayne Lucas, it just makes for uh, a, a very intriguing race to dive into. Yeah, Mr. Lucas, you know, he's he speaks for his horses, you know, and he's made Secret Oath very exciting. Certainly her record has, but he's certainly been able to, as such a great ambassador for our sport, you know, put into words what's exciting about her and, and what's kind of romantic and exciting about, you know, coming into this race with the Philly taking on the boys and all the pageantry that goes with it. And he, he's just been great kind of discussing this, uh, you know, over the last month and stuff, some of these decisions that he's made with her. So, yeah. Yeah, it adds an element. Uh, to use his words, uh, her presence in this race really does add an element of, like, color to the race, you know? And to be honest, it's a good spot for her to come in because she's not catching any of the real top-tier horses on the on the, on the three-year-old boys so far. There are some nice horses. Uh, Unoho won the Rebel last time out. I mean, you can look at the next top tier. Bob Baffert or had one that got transferred to Tim Yakteen, Doppelganger, who makes a lot of sense and wouldn't be a shock. You know, Barber Road was very... We had a little bit of a, a tech issue. Just got to split us up for a second, but we're back here with Mary, and we're talking about Secret Oath, the Philly versus the boys in the Arkansas Derby, and how it just sort of... It's a really good spot. If you're going to take a chance, you know you're one of the, the top Phillies already, and you, you sort of look at the lay of the field, and none of the real, real top-tier three-year-old boys are in this group. It feels like a really good chance to roll the dice here and see if she stacks up with them. Yeah, you know, on paper, Gino, if you just took that little uh, F out of her name there, the Philly part that describes her as Philly, which is, you know, <laughs> just uh, part of the handicapping you know, uh, adventure of this race. But if you took the Philly part off and you just look strictly at her numbers, at her record at Oaklawn, the fact that she's coming in off back-to-back stakes wins, that simplifies a lot of things. For me, with the Philly taking on the boys, it's it's a, it's a little different for me. This mm-hmm. is a very hard hand race for me to handicap because I don't know how she will stack up against the male rivals. On paper, yep. I do. But I physically, and there's some different things, you know, running against the boys. So I actually found this a very difficult race to handicap. I, agree. I would not be surprised to see her win. That that's I'm not doubting her at all. Her, her talent. It's just a little different for me. It's you know? not, it might not be as easy as just getting the kind of trips that she got and just sort of be, like, overmatching a lot of those that the field and being a lot better than them and just and drawing off. I, I wouldn't be shocked, and I, I think it's a good place to take a chance. But w- it does make it a nice betting race if you want to play somebody else, because the next tier of horses are all going to be pretty good prices. Yeah, I think so. She obviously is going to take a lot of action. And, and like I said, if you just looked at that past performance strictly, um, you know, she looks fantastic on buyer speed figures, her record, you know, everything. And, um, you know, just looking over this race, I, there were a lot of questions on different horses. So what I wanted to go with was some sort of reliability at this level and in this series. And that's kind of why I lean towards Barbara road 
He's been very. I think that's consistent. probably where I'm going to end up too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're in some trouble. Uh, we're in some trouble yeah, this weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah. Let's hope we're. Yeah. Let's but, hope we're on the right track. I but, think for the same yeah, reasons that, that you're saying. Go, continue on. Yeah. No. But yeah. Just like you know, I kind of know what I have with him in this division against a lot of these types of horses, and I just feel like he's you know he's ready to bust out here with 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 a win hopefully, and and he's mm-hmm. in a little smaller field than he's been in he's a closer he's closed through some large fields uh during this three-year-old series at oaklawn so I, I i don't know like i said it was not an easy race for me to handicap because there's an element beyond paper as there always is but with the philly against the colts i, I don't know what to expect completely you know and she's in Bar- a bigger field than she's been in so yeah barbara road feels like a horse he Started to move early on the inside and then split horses, was flying late. It's been a fantastic last year, a year and a half for uh, Ray Lou Gutierrez. Just uh, continues to win uh, big races, big races. And then, um, you know, there's a horse who's kind of just like the measuring stick meet for this race. I feel like, just like you were saying, I have the least questions that I'm going to ask. I feel pretty confident that Barbara Road is going to show up and run a really good race. And that's good enough, I think, to beat this group. So uh, I'm leaning there. The one horse who I keep, I, I want to think there's a little bit more to is chasing time. You know, he was just a little bit flat last time. His win two races back was really good. And then it seemed like, oh, okay, maybe this horse does want to go a little bit longer, but he's going to have to improve. He's a, he's a big price. Him and we, the people were kind of, you know, the, maybe the light, more lightly raced horses, or maybe the horses that have a little bit more upside to me that I'm, I'm in, kind of curious about. But, um, I, you know, he's going to need to improve. Talk to me about We the People a little bit. Yeah, he's been a very exciting horse that's just, you know, popped up and, and run big this meet. He's, both of those wins, like you've said, uh, uh, have been impressive here. They've been around two turns. One thing I liked uh, just, in again, in working for the form and doing some interviews, in talking to uh, Elliot Walden of Windstar Farm, he had mentioned in that first race uh, here in February you know, the track had been closed a bit because we had a lot of inclement weather. So to use uh, Elliot Walden's words, he really won that on talent because he didn't get the level of training that they would have liked leading up to that start. So I thought that was interesting. And then he certainly backed it up last time going the mile on the 16th there. Um, he's got that speed, so that'll help him being outside there and the top rider in Pratt. Um, I don't know what to expect of him as well. You know, he's he's moving into the stakes ranks now. So so it's a little different. It's steeper, you know. But um, yeah, he's another. I think there's a lot of horses that can step up and win this race, and he's one. I of agree. Them. Really contentious prep, and we will likely see a couple of these horses running in the Kentucky Derby on the first Saturday in May. Mary, uh, it was a blast handicapping these races with you. But I, while I have you here, we have to talk a little bit about Sam Houston because Sam Houston's become very near and dear to my heart over the last few years, and I, I love what they've been doing out there um for a while you know we don't have to sugarcoat it texas racing things were struggling in texas racing there weren't a lot of big money races there weren't as many dates and i think it was was it two to three years ago when the the legislator came in and the money came through and they really put a lot of money into the racing product they improved things they put more money in the purses the broadcast and it's so incredible to see how Sam Houston in particular has grown in the last couple of years. Yeah, it was a very clever piece of legislation that you mentioned, Gino, that uh, set aside some tax revenues from horse goods and services, 
you know, like, uh, you know, maybe boarding fees or grain. And uh, that's up to a maximum of $25 million for the horse racing industry in general in Texas. And that can be uh, translated into purses. And like you mentioned, other things like promoting the races. And uh, Sam Houston has done a fabulous job. And everybody I talk to talks about how much the quality of racing has gone up at Sam Houston. That is the immediate feedback I get from folks all over watching the racing. And, you know, that Houston ladies classic race has just been fantastic. It's been putting them on the, the map past- really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they've been able to back that up with a really nice stakes program that, the, that seems to get better out. every meet. Yes. And the low takeout's been key, which they've had that in place. And that's just been more and more exposure for it with more and more people playing the races. So it just, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's like a gradual mm-hmm. thing. It takes a couple years, but just for me, someone that I've been uh, helping to cover the races now for there for a few years and seeing on social media when it was opening day this year or l- l- like leading up to Houston ladies classic, how many people were talking about Sam Houston or promoting those races or, Hey, here's my ticket or we're doing a stream. It was really cool to see there's a, there's an energy. And I think in racing, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of negative publicity, negative energy in we you know takeouts getting raised. And as customers, sometimes we feel like we get the short end of the stick and, I just I never get that feeling with Sam Houston. They've done a really good job over there. It feels like as a as a customer, I feel like they they do a they really want to treat me well. And um, it's the relationship it's back and forth. I think we're all kind of rewarding them for uh, for how they've been treating us. Yeah, it's been it's been a great season, and you know their handle spiked a few years ago and has continued to remain at that level that it spiked to and even beyond. And um, uh, I guess what's really nice to see in the state of Texas. Sam Houston is a big part of it, is the tracks and the organizations like the Texas Thoroughbred Association all working together to take this opportunity to put Texas' best foot forward in racing. And it's evident that they're getting, you know, it's evident they're working together and it's evident, you know, that they're getting results. And and that's really nice to see because Texas is horse country. There are a lot of great owners that actually live in Texas that have a real impact worldwide on the sport. And um, it's nice to see them have some opportunities in their backyard. And what we saw last weekend on Texas Champions Day was nice because a a lot of the winners were these Texas mainstay connections that you see um, all the time that make their bread and butter in Texas. You know, just kind of diving into some of the stakes races for, for last weekend in in one of the earlier stakes on the card in the Richard King turf. One of the heavy favorites was going to be Singapore Flash, and he had to get scratched. And what happened was uh, the trainer of Singapore Flash had a horse he claimed for twelve five, and that's the one that ends up winning the stakes race at, at nine to one. Um, so no Singapore Flash, no Sunlit Song, but uh, Caldwell gets the win anyways with, uh, with you know the the bench hitter. That was a big yeah, that was big, and I I it was big for uh, Jr. Caldwell because he was spending you know, the past year prepping for this day, trying to find the right horses for the right races. So yeah, it was nice to see him get off to a quick start on the day. And uh, as we kind of continued on in the card, we got one of the all-time great Texas breads, Mr. Moneybags. He's now earned almost 700,000 and he has 11 stakes wins. And he just, he's like a fine wine. He just keeps getting better with age. And we have to mention Ernesto Valdez Jimenez, who's just had such a fantastic meet and they teamed up and, uh, they got the W there for uh, for Jalen Clary, and we know the the sad story about what what's been what happening with the family there. So just 
there were some, uh, you know, a lot of emotions in the last couple of years with some of these connections and the winners of these stakes races out at Sam Houston. It's been a sad and a really tough few years for that community. Yes, it's nice to see such a big night and everybody come together. And yeah, like you said, Mr. Moneybags has just been, he's just been so consistent for so long, Gino. It's very impressive. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned Ernesto um, Valdez Jimenez because he's been right there with this horse, just consistent all the way along too. So um, it, it is sad that uh, Mr. Neverland and Mr. Cobb are not here with us any longer, but Mr. Moneybags certainly represents uh them every time he steps on the track and 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 he's even more so a horse to root for uh you know just to uh remember those fun folks that we had in our in our racing community michael whitelaw and uh weston hamilton teamed up with lucky special to get a, a stakes win in the groovy so congratulations to those connections and then we got the sharp nomos tequila who was third in the Miss Blue Bonnet last year and then was second in the San Jacinto last year. So was knocking on the door in both of them uh-huh. and then said, you know what, in 2022, I'm going to win both of those instead. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. And trainer Karen Jacks has really over the last few years, you know, stepped up with her barn and is really competing at the stakes level a lot more in the state of Texas. Mary, we continue on just to mention some of the last few uh, stakes last weekend. I'm a discreet lady, seven-time stakes winner. She won this race last year. She's coming up on 500000 And you know on a big night in Texas, there's always going to be one or two times when Carl Broberg gets in the winner's circle. Uh, yes, and I know this, this mare is very special to him. And she's another that's been good for a really long time. She was a Texas bred champion a year ago. And, uh, you know, she's so versatile. She'll sprint. She'll go long. She'll run dirt. She'll run on the grass. So, yeah, she's a really cool one. Uh, I'd be in the winner's circle with her, too. Talonda came in from facing Open Company, and uh, she got the win for Austin Gustafson, a barn who's really, really been winning at a big clip over the last few years. And what a fantastic meet from Raya Eckleberry. I went out uh, to Sam Houston um, for Texas Preview Night, and I'm not – I'm pretty thin and and I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm about five nine or so. And Rye Eckleberry is taller than I am. He is a tall guy. <laughs> He's big. And anything that you ever hear about him, they everybody says how he is so competitive. And he will, if you're riding in a race, he will not let you beat him for fourth. He just rides and rides and rides. And so um cool to see him get a big win. And he's had just a great meeting. Yeah, Rye is been a been a fantastic rider for a long time he's won a lot of races and um uh martha clausen just uh sent a little photo out and she tagged me on it on twitter i guess uh, moving into the final stretch here he and Stuart elliott are entering the races tied tonight so so uh they're they're gonna battle it out so we'll see what happens because both of them have a strong will <laughs> and then to uh finish things up we had the star of Texas won by Gold Pilot, which was a really fun finish. Algebra has been good as of late, and then you've got Kenai Bob, who always shows up. Maybe a little sad to see Direct Dial finish towards the back, seven year old who's won over five hundred thousand, and he's maybe you know you get a little bit older, sometimes you lose a step or two. I know the connections love this horse; he's done some great work in Texas. But shout out to Gold Pilot and. Uh, it will be interesting to see as you get a little bit older, um, you know, if we see the best of direct dial anymore or how much they even, you know, have have him race anymore. Well, I'll be interested because they'll have some one-turn opportunities um, 
coming and up. Lone Star coming Star up, right? Park, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's more his game. This was, um, you know, uh, he tends to run more around one turn. Now, this was a, a nice Texas bred opportunity, and this was this was available to him. He was, I believe, the defending defending champ in this race, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, it made sense that he tried this back, but I do know that they tend to like him at one turn, and, and those opportunities are coming up for him now at, at Lone Star. So We'd love to see him get back on track. Another one of the all-time Texas-bred greats. It was so cool having a yes. night like that where you got to see some of the stars show up. And Mary, it was fantastic getting to catch up with you. I've, I've loved your work. I've read so many of your articles, and I've uh, I followed along with so – I mean, I probably know so many things that I didn't even realize why I knew, and it was because of something that you posted or some information that you had out there. And uh, you do such a great job, and it's been a long time coming. I, I really appreciate you taking a, a few minutes to help us out here. So, you know, I am very honored to get to get to talk to you in person, and I love your enthusiasm for the game. So thank you for being a great voice for racing. Well, let's uh, let's link back up maybe in uh, in the next uh, sometime before the Derby, and we can get some of your thoughts on the on the Derby and Oaks and some of the big races that that weekend. Yes, we'll have some answers from this weekend, won't we? So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> very. Make sure to give very Mary good. a follow. Thank you, Thank you so much, Mary. Give her a follow at DRF Rampolini on Twitter, and uh, you'll be uh, always uh, kept up to date on everything going on in the Mid South. Let's make some money this weekend at. In Arkansas with the Arkansas Derby at Oaklawn Park. And do not go anywhere, folks. Still a lot more to come. Make sure to go give Mary Rampolini a follow. Really fun conversation catching up with Mary. Thanks so much to Mary for helping us out. And we have a couple more Saturday tracks to talk about. But before we do, we have to talk about full service realtor Cindy Carava, one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast. Now, as a full service realtor, she can help you out with buying, with selling with leasing. She can, you know, connect you with uh, you know, the right type of vendors. Maybe you're looking for home improvement, landscapers, painters, gardeners, people that she has experience with using in her own homes and working with. Uh, maybe you're having trouble with the the loan. She'll connect you with the right type of lenders. They'll get you pre-approved for a home loan. They'll make your life so much easier. That's what Cindy wants to do. Make things easy on you. No stress, no hassle. She's going to be honest with you. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people you will ever meet. Cindy Carava, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. Let's get into Saturday, Santa Anita. Couple races that I wanted to discuss. The opener, Maiden Special Weights, going a mile on the turf course. If you're playing early pick fives, there were three horses I'm, I'm intrigued by. The two beef Winslow, I think, is the a very likely winner of the race. The one little bro coop could offer you some value. And the 10 overrule thinks it's a little bit better. Never really got a shot in that debut. So in some exotics, I'll play combos of the one, two, and ten to kick off the Saturday card at Santa Anita. That's Saturday, May the second there. We move along through the Santa Anita card for Saturday. Let's get to the fourth race, or the fifth race, excuse me. Optional 50 non-winners of one first level allowance going a mile on the turf course. I like the four, Carmelita's man. Going to go third start out of the form cycle right now. Took a little step forward and should be all set after a troubled trip most recently. I think you get a big one coming from the four, Carmelita's man. The one is the horse to beat, Gold Phoenix, towards the outside. I did look towards the uh, 11 Rio Ocho as one uh, to include in some exotics as well. So, um, four, 11, one, wilder than most. I would probably want 
in if you're playing, you know, pick fives or or some rolling exotics also. But we'll lean towards the four, Carmelita's man. Let's get to the sixth race. I'm looking at the fo- the five soy tapatio. He just didn't have any chance after the trouble he had early on in the big cap. You're never gonna have a shot against tougher in a race like that where you have trouble. Soy Tapatio, the number five in race number six, will use and maybe a single to kick off your late pick four. Moving along through the card at Santa Anita on Saturday, I've got one more, two more for you. In race number eight, we go maiden special weight race six furlongs on the dirt course. I like the number four secret fix who broke on top, but then three others wanted the lead. So she ended up taking back to sit. She moved inside. She angled around. She ended up, you know, getting up the second to challenge before fading. Third start now, you get the cutback. Ran into a nice next out winner in the debut. Secret fix. Gonna be on all my exotics. We'll make a win wager on that one if we can get anything around four to one. Closing things out on Saturday at Santa Anita in the ninth and final with the number two Red Diamond making the second start off a long layoff was very impressive returning to the races hadn't raced from July to March and that March race sat moved early to the lead and just seemed like much the best and now you step up and face tougher but should be able to save ground down towards the inside the number two Red Diamond I'll be using in all exotics that Saturday. Over at Santa Anita, let's finish things up and we'll run through the Saturday card at Sam Houston with just one more week that remains after this. April the 2nd, Sam Houston. Race 1 is an Arabian race. Let's get to race number 2. They'll go a mile here on the main track, maiden $7,500 claimers. I think the 5 Texas Thailands on the drop gets aggressive here. I would prefer this one over the 3-5 to five favorite, Kimball Strategy. So let's go 5 and we'll use the five on top of the three and the seven, but we'll you know play an early pick four, singling the five in race number two. Third race, fifteen non-two claimers, the two perfect one. Second start off the bench, ran into a sharp next out winner named Brock on by. That was going six and a half furlongs. Now you get a little cutback. Second start off the bench for a horse who can sit and pass horses. I think it's a good spot for perfect one at a major price. We'll use the four Lulos, who was a very impressive winner when dropping in with Maiden Claimers last out. The number five, Preferito de Barbie, will also be on the ticket coming in off that runner-up effort when actually finishing in front of the two perfect one. The six and eight will also be on the ticket in more under spots, Intimidation and Time Machine. But uh, two, four, five, six, eight is the order we placed them for race number three. In race number four, $2,500 or $25,000 non-winners of three going five furlongs on the turf course. There, the seven, Sweet Linda. The turf sprints are really good. I feel like Sweet Linda should get a really nice trip in here. Last two times when she was on the turf, she won. Second start off the break now. Stuart Elliott's aboard. The 12 will also be on the ticket for me. Black Magic Lady, I'm a little worried about the draw. Could get hooked wide, but she fits from a class standpoint with these. As does the six, Glitter Annie. First off the claim for Carl Broberg. You've got the three, Rumpus, returning to the grass. Two starts back was a, a nice runner-up on the turf. And the four, Stalemate. Wouldn't talk you off using that one in some uh, of your rolling exotics there in race number four. Seven, twelve, six, three, four. All different combos of horses that we'll use in exotics. Coming up in race number five, I think you can single the eight. Kelly said, ready the heavy chalk to the outside. Stocked from second, moved to the front, just 
couldn't switch leads late. Now you cut back, drawn well. I would just single the eight and move along. If you wanted to go elsewhere, the number six would be the first, second timer who comes out of a live race and, and maybe can stalk, be in a nice spot. The three, expect the boss puts two together. And the two, cold night air also will be in the exotics for me. Eight, six, three, two in race number five at Sam Houston. The late pick four begins in race number six. First level allowance going a mile on the turf course here. I think the number six horse, Endless Romance, is one to include in your exotics. Should be sitting a really nice, close trip. And at, you know, around six to one feels like fair value. The one gas town might get bet a little bit more. And I don't think there's a whole lot that separates these two. Endless Romance outfinished gas town just two starts back. The seven will be in the mix for me uh, all over the place, Amber Dean, because they're going to send hard on the stretch out. She does not want to sit. She's a lot better when she can just go, get aggressive, and I hope that's the plan with her. Six, seven towards the outside. We'll look to- uh, at the 12 also. That is Irish Biz, who is going to be on my tickets coming off that recent 25 non two win. And then the one, Gas Town. Six, seven, 12, one in race number six. Moving to the seventh, we've got. Optional 30s, non-winners of two, six furlongs, the distance in here. I'm going to the outside with Huntsinger. Second start off the long, long layoff. First time gelding in here. This horse has more ability than they were able to show last time out on the turf. And now returning to the dirt. Hey, this is a former stakes winner. The eight, 12 to one on the morning line. will include the seven. Ernie Banker, who's the favorite in here. And at least an underneath horse for me. But I'll, I'll use seven and eight in all exotics. Some combos of the five, best of Greeley, who's going to be now making the second start for Scott Young, and the four, good scout, eight, seven, five, four in the seventh. Moving along to race number eight, start of your late daily double. They'll go a mile on the turf course there. I'm going to lean to the 11, and Red Hot Moon. This course was... This is a bad post, so I'm expecting them, you know, to maybe get a little bit more aggressive. There's some turf pedigree here, there's some speed, and you've got good connections. I think Red Hot Moon is an interesting price play here with some outside speed. And with that draw stretching out, let's just get aggressive so we don't get hooked wide. 11 2, Kara Coina, who the turf race, anything close to that will, would be really, really tough in here. So she's the one to beat. And we'll also throw the seven Austin City Girl third start off the bench coming off a nice maiden special eight turf win. 11 2 7 in the eighth at Sam Houston. We finish things up on Saturday night with uh, the nine Lumberjack Leslie on the cutback and return to the dirt. I think we'll be able to have more fitness and should be passing some horses late. The eight uh, Monte De Sera and the 10 will also be. On the tickets there, 8, 9, 10 for me. I'm okay with playing against the one American Enigma for connections that don't win a whole lot at a short price. 9, 8, 10 to close it out on Saturday night at Sam Houston. And to close out this episode of That's What G Said, we had a lot this week. If you were looking around, we talked NBA on one of our episodes with Eric. You can find that. We have a full deep dive recap review of Spider-Man No Way Home with Tim Kelly. You can find that. And we'll be jumping into Moon Knight 
in the next few weeks as Moon Knight is now uh, underway on Disney Plus. We also have a full WrestleMania preview with Andrew, Darren, and Chad Cooper. We talked a full preview of NXT. We've got a Recap of what's going on in AEW Three different podcasts this week Hope you enjoyed folks I'm off to Dallas Joey my friend Close it out Yeah.